Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Key Items Podcast, your local Southern Fried Podcast right here in Georgia. Sorry for the delay, but we are here now to record for you. I'll be real with everyone listening to, like, this is probably, I'm really excited to do the podcast today, but not because of the topic. It's really weird. Like, we just have to do the topic. It's just mandatory. You're, you're just, like, excited about everything else with the topic. You're like, eh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, like, it's normally right. I'm excited about everything. And even this topic is fine. It's just, this is like the least excited topic. I've been excited for. Um, however, the episode is going to be great because James is in a ranting and praising mood. You usually don't get that both in the same episode. Um, but yeah, welcome back, everyone. I am your host, James, and I am always gifted by the presence of Adustin. Say hello to the folks. Hey, folks. How's everybody doing today? Nothing you can answer, but just think about that. Do do some self-assessment here. <laughs> he, just, he just gave you guys all work after saying hello. All right. I know, right? <laughs> Arnold. I know, right? Um, and I'm also joined by Arnold. Uh, say hello there. Hello, everybody. I'm here today. Cool, cool. Well, we have lots to talk about. It's been two weeks. Let's go ahead and jump into our next issues. <laughs> Next Issues is part of the podcast where we discuss and fuss about the news that's presented to you in the nerd media. As usual, I'll start with mine since it tends to be the shortest and actually has something to do with the topic of discussion that we were having right before we started recording. A couple of days ago, um, on Thursday, it was Sonic's 30th anniversary. Not technically his birthday. Sonic is born in June, if I recall. However... Um, you can count this as his birthday as well. Um, it's, it's, it's his, this uh-oh. is when Sonic came out, uh, um, birthday, not the, yeah. this is the character's mm-hmm. birthday in, in the, in the, the, the yeah, fact yeah. sheets. Yeah. So, um, so of course, Sega did a big celebration for their only financially viable mascot. Um, <laughs> what? It, it, like, Yes. Like, he, he is their most financially viable mascot. I'm aware that they have the Yakuza series. However, they don't sell toys. <laughs> they just sell... It's true. They, just sell they can't videos. sell you that, that Kiryu, uh, Kiryu action figure very well. Well, they probably could, but they, they can't do, like, You're plushes and else. You're not pushing out 50 of those suckers. Like, yeah, exactly. Um... In, not as many like capsule toys and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sega out of nowhere. We made a new console, the Dreamcast too. Um, they don't got the money for that. But anyway, um, so like, um, I'm pretty sure if they go to like a GoFundMe, it fucking skyrocket. Yeah, put, I can put, like, guarantee a you. And then they fail. Probably everyone. won't. We. You know what would happen uh-huh. is they would do it. And it would get the money in like three days, and then they would keep saying, "Well, hey, we're still working on it." No, here's the thing: Sega exploded because they put a lot of money into a project, and it didn't pan out. 
Um, several things bankrupted, like Sega, one of them being Shinmu. And like they probably just wanted to get the backing, even from fans, because fans backed Shinmu 3 and were burned. Like idiots, they kept backing Shinmu 3. Three. Anyway, um, and the nostalgia is, goggles. And this is through, a person who liked it. A sepia tinted glasses. Yeah, and and this is a this is a guy who played both. I I actually unironically liked Shinmu and Shinmu too. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about him. Um, we are talking about Sonic. So Sonic had um a little anniversary special, about a seventeen minute video. Which is a complete ripoff of a Nintendo Direct. For those of you who looked at it, it is basically Blue Direct. Like it is, a, it is a rip off. Um, as in, they do the preview page beforehand. <laughs> they have people talk to you like you're eight years old. Um, they have people talk to you in front. And they try to make little goofy things. It's fine. It's Sega. Um, it, it it didn't matter that it was a rip off of Nintendo stuff. I don't care. Look, man, they're trying their best. They did to that capture already. the audience. Well, it let okay. Let's be real. If you're looking at the Sonic anniversary special, you don't need to be captured. You're invested <laughs> in Sonic. Like but Sega don't know that. Yes, they do. Sega knows what they have. They with should Sonic. know that. Like, you you are never an ironic Sonic fan. You either like Sonic or you just hate Sonic. You don't sit there and go, I'm going to like it for the lulls. No, you don't. <laughs> um, or you sit there and go, man, I hope that next Sonic game is good. I want to like Sonic, but... <laughs> right. Like, now that's fine. Like, you can be a Sonic fan and cling to misguided hope that a Sonic game will be on par with other things down the line, which, you know, once in a while we do, but, you know, whatever. So, anyway... um. I watched the entirety of it, and just like a good old-fashioned Sonic game made by Sega, it glitched in the first three minutes of the video. <laughs> I, that, this is were just, the most Sonic thing I, think I it, heard. Just, I actually think it glitched in the first 45 seconds. So, they're just making a callback to Sonic Boom, okay? Like, it literally, like, <laughs> it glitched out, like, it went back to the, um, this is going to come on at 12 p.m. Um, screen that usually shows when something's about to come on YouTube and it it went right back and everything was a little late it was so weird um so anyway they were talking about some productions in in the works that's happening so things of note there's going to be a sonic symphony orchestra performance that you can freely access online which is pretty cool if you like sonic music and sonic music is great though I will personally say people think everything needs to be done by an orchestra to make it special. Sonic music <laughs> probably doesn't. Um, it thrives off the electronic and the hip hop and like yeah, it's like a techno, rock star music. Like rock star, yeah. It's not really what I would call it. Like it's not Final Fantasy, and even then, it's kind of like okay, guys, change it up. Like you know, um, our Mario Galaxy, <laughs> our Mario Galaxy, our Zelda, all those things that people like to go hear an orchestra do. Which I'm don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's great that first time, but it's like you know, change yeah. it up a bit. Um, but yeah, so there's that. It's gonna be online. It's gonna be free. Pretty cool. Um, there's going to be a Sonic web cartoon animation that mm. is coming out. Um, fairly soon. It seemed pretty neat. Um, the original voice of Sonic, or not the original voice of Sonic, one of the voices of Sonic, will be doing um, 
will be returning after actually having left like four months ago, I think, um, <laughs> to Sonic's role. He was actually there speaking about it, and he said he would be returning as the voice for Sonic in the cartoon. Now, we like Sonic fans, we don't know what that means. That could probably mean he's also coming as a video game character, but we don't know. Um, I personally... One of those really ambiguous statements. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. He's definitely coming to his own since like Sonic Adventure, as far as a voice actor is concerned, and... Um, he's definitely made the character work, but I don't necessarily need him to be Sonic. Um, he is not the voice <laughs> of Sonic in the movie, and the voice actor for him does a pretty decent job. Um, does he just not sound like? Doesn't have like the energy that Sonic no uh, talks he with. Does he does a great job for Sonic? It's just that like. Sonic as a character is more about what he's saying as opposed to how he's saying it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. That's why it works even when it's like Jaleel White, right? Right, right. (laughs) It doesn't matter what what voice is coming out of his body. I've heard multiple Sonics and each each voice actor does a great job for Sonic. So him being there is great. Him not being there is also fine. Like, you get what I mean? It's I'm indifferent. Um, but I'm happy he has work. So I know he really loves that character. So I'm very happy for him. Um, something that I, and oh, that episode, the first episode will be free when it's ready. The webtoon episode. Um, that being said, what I'm more excited about is that a new Sonic cartoon is being written by the writing collaborative Man of Action. Um, for those of you who don't know, they are the guys who helped created Benton. Um, hmm. ah. So I'm very excited now. Don't get me wrong. They're not the animators of Benton, just the writers. <laughs> so I am, I am looking forward to their work. They do some pretty fun stuff. None of their stuff lasts long, which is perfect for a Sonic thing because it's got to end fast apparently well not only ends fast sonic shit does not last long (laughs) um so well maybe with all their experience they'll know okay now it's time to end it no 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 i think they do it on purpose i i like their work i like everything they've made the only thing i haven't looked at is their big hero six on disney um, but I also I still haven't even seen that movie. Either. Well, no, no, no. They didn't write the 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 movie. They wrote for the cartoon. Um, mm. And I've never been a fan of like spinoff cartoons off of a movie. Um, like Lilo and Stitch. That's uh, one of the ex- exceptions. Like there's there's definitely exceptions, and definitely I've been influenced by the '90s as a kid with some of those. But if I think back, I don't really want to watch them again. Um, but yeah, so Man of Action is making a cartoon. I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't know what streaming service is going to kidnap it from me. Um, so we'll have to- what what wall can they put it behind? Right. right? What wall am I going to have to force? money to in order to watch it um but yeah so other than that sonic colors one of the few sonic not the few i'm being facetious one of the uh, one of the really good like sonic games that everyone enjoys is coming to all platforms i believe um oh shit yeah i'm actually looking forward to that because sonic colors has a lot of concepts in sonic that i really enjoy and i never properly played it um, and that will be coming, I think, near the end of this year. 
they of course were like wait till the end and i was like, i know what you're going to do it's going to be a video game reveal isn't it and sure enough they showed a <laughs> 15 minute teaser animation trailer which gives me shit all like it it looked like any other sonic trailer it's sonic running in the grass and He's blue blurring and he like does something. Wait, you mean it's got Sonic running and blurring? I don't know. This is not like a brand new game. Never been done. <laughs> yeah, James, that's, that's a whole ass new game. It It is. Usually it's just not even grass. And it's, out, it's, it's also showing me kind of my age and understanding when it comes to video games. Because um, on a side note, my brother's friend sent a really exciting like... Um, chat in our in like our little group chat about a video game that's coming out and it's of course you know they're weebs it's like a japanese um theater puppetry samurai sword steampunk thing in in the entire trailer the trailer is like two minutes long and there was no gameplay it was just a big long cinematic and i was just like well i can't be excited about this because cinematics show me everything, you know. Um, as much as the game is great, Final Fantasy XIV has wonderful cinematics. You can't do shit all what they do in those cinematics. But, like, yep. you know, like, it's, it's. I can't get excited for... Well, James, you use your imagination. You know, your black, yeah, that's your black actually age, really bad. He's sending down a big-ass meteor, no, no, even no. though it's like it's out of his palm. No, no, that is really bad for me. Using my imagination based off of subtle information is usually what leads me to having high expectations. Oh, well, um, see, that's your problem. You should have no expectations. You just told me to use my imagination. You cannot. Yeah, but tell- yeah, James, there's a difference between use your imagination and then use that imagination to bring up your question, expectations. Question, question. Okay, for just for <laughs> argument's sake here, what if dragons are real? But they're all just tiny lizards, and they have no wings, and they can't blow fire. But they're dragons. Exactly. Uh, Your expectations <laughs> have been ruined because you expect a dragon to have something of the- That's why you're wrong, because I've this, seen a dragon. I've seen the Komodo dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this scenario has been brought to you by Ryan Jordan. <laughs> Wait, who's Ryan Jordan? Ryan. Ryan oh, Jordan. Ryan Jordan. Did- yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Quail yeah. Dragons. Subverting your expectations. Yes. We teased you about those dragons the entire movie. And the this entire is the, movie. And this is what you get. Um, um, I mean, but James has gone beyond. Too. James has gone beyond subverting his expectations. Now he's like actively sabotaging his expectations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so they showed that in everyone. It, it, you don't even got to be a Sonic fan. You knew it was going to happen. They showed a bunch of merch. There's a Sonic encyclopedia that's coming out i'm not buying that but if someone i know wants to buy me that feel free um but like it was a bunch of crap really it wasn't it wasn't a great nintendo direct done by sega it was fine it was fine it was what i expected um a lot i saw a lot of the sonic fans on youtube kind of react in a way like what was that blah 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 then i saw people who like to overhype mediocre things um, like, it's gonna be James. the best game. Yeah. yeah, there's those people everywhere. What do you mean? Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> there's um, that person. Who's do you like, go ahead, Arnold? Do you remember Brink? 
Yes, actually, I was there for Brink um, at the perfect age for Brink. Uh, for those of you who don't know or remember Brink, it was a squad-based shooter, team-based shooter game that was supposed to be like half street punk, um, gangsta fresh. Um, it was nothing like that trailer was. And it's like the at game all. was garbage. Um, yeah, that was during the PS3 generation, right? Uh, I might have. Yeah, I think so, actually. I think, yeah, I think it was. It was, and yeah, the game was shit. Um, There's some poor soul bro, out dude, there who's I, like, Sorry, you know, I, I still watch that trailer sometimes, though, because the trailer was so fucking good. <laughs> what, what are you going to say, Dustin, as Arnold talks about how sad that is? <laughs> yes. It's like wishing about what could have been. It's like that, that yeah. meme of, of Wolverine with the, the, the photo where he's like... <laughs> oh, he has his hand on the photo. See, it's, yes. that, it's that game that made me like, okay, I'm going to have like little expectations for stuff now. Yeah, everyone that has happened. that game. That sounds like an episode one day. Right. What game ruined your expectations? Oh, the, the the podcast knows mine, but I can go into further detail. We will definitely <laughs> do that. Um, no, but uh, what I was going to say is there's that poor, poor Sonic fan out there, young and innocent, who's like, oh, they learned from the last game. They'll make a better <laughs> one this time. And that's okay. Everyone has <laughs> to have their dreams crushed at some point. Um, and it'll happen. Uh, my my brother's friends are in this what I call the transition period where they don't know how to accurately rage against the machine yet. Like they're still trying to like sometimes they'll complain about something in gaming where I'm like, okay, that just happens, guys. Like it's cool, no worries. Like you know, <laughs> like but then there's other times where they'll defend a game for something too and stuff like that, which is fine. It's I did it too. We all do it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah. It, it, it changes up. So there was that announcement. Um, that was really the only really, really big thing that I have. I did look at a, a trailer for a video game called Berserk Boy, which is basically a big, cool Mega Man X type um, Z. Yeah, it seems robot. like since Capcom won't make any more Mega Man games very often, then other people are like, what there's, a we just made a Mega? there's a lot. There's a lot. And yeah. I don't just mean um, 20. Um, 20, 30XX is 30, the new 30 one. 30XX right? is the new one, and 20XX is the, um, the one before it. There's other ones, and I actually have been making a list and compiling them. I need to actually like just mention them. I always forget to. Um, there's one that's basically like Naked Girl Mega Man. Um, I I say that in the worst way possible. The gameplay actually looks good, but it's definitely etchy for you anime people out there. Um, <laughs> it in yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of them coming out because yeah, Capcom isn't making them a lot, which is weird because Capcom has been at this point steadily making good games for what four or five years. Yeah, they've um, been making like good Monster Hunters and good Resident. Well, eight is okay. Apparently. Eight is like resoundingly okay. They've made um, good everything for their main ones: Devil May mm-hmm. Cry, um, Resident Evil, um, Monster Hunter. Now, given I guess that's just three games, they have a bigger area of effect, but they have been making those consistently well. So, um, yeah, they have. And it's weird to me that because like Into Creates. Um, is like making Gunvolt sometimes every once in a while. That's like the Mega Man game that Capcom won't make. It's definitely, <laughs> you know I mean? it's definitely like uh, the Mega Man X type thing that they like won't make. Capcom won't Zero make. stuff that they won't make. Yeah. But I also feel that like 
maybe they just don't thing. know what to some do. Of them, yeah, I wonder about that. But I think they're I think they have cold feet on this won't like necessarily print us money and so we don't want to make it. I know what it prints you guys fucking money. You just did, don't uh, want to make a Legends 3. What again, Arnold? <laughs> did Mega Man 11 sell well? It's so um, fine. It's yeah, so I think it, it did fine. okay. Yeah. It wasn't like okay. gangbusters, but I, it did I was fine. wondering maybe it was maybe it was because of that. Because I I own I think I own Mega Man Eleven. I think you um, do. It's actually not bad. It's, it's pretty, not. It's pretty. It's, solid. I I played the beginning. It's pretty. It feels pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't it like, feels like a, okay. So I don't me, like construction man. Let me <laughs> help you guys weird. figure out something right now and why we haven't gotten more Mega Man games because you guys just said it. You both were like, it's good, it's solid, and all three of us are Mega Man fans. Like you guys, this is true. I say this: it is uh, Gunvolt and Gunvolt Two are like much more enjoyable to me than it is. I think. So but, what I think the problem is with Mega Man and with Capcom is that they don't do anything new with the formula, while everybody else has. So the game that I'm looking at, um, Gunvolt. I mean, they added they added the you know the the Buster but damage that's up. Not and really the anything time. unique when you've gotten Gunvolt in these other games that are made by other people, like. Yeah. At this point, even even I mean, take out the Mega Man effect and like play Katana Zero. It's an action platformer too, technically, and there's just much more to do. You know what I mean? Um, it is the platformer genre needs to evolve past its like PlayStation Two, PlayStation era stuff mm-hmm. when it was at its prime, and they just haven't done it outside of the hyper violent ones like god of war and stuff like that which even god of right. war stopped being a platformer um yeah they need to innovate with some new like that means like also some of these boring like these bosses designs are just kind of boring too. well the thing yeah. is Mega Man limits itself because they want to keep that dis- again i come back to the legends and your zeros and stuff like that that's why i'll tell people i love Mega Man. It's one of my favorite mascots of all time. It's up there with Sonic and Kirby. However, I will probably not go back and play a lot of Mega Man games. I know a lot of teens and young adults who want to, but that's because they're just, they haven't, they didn't live in that era and they want to play old games, you know, try to get that feel that we had. I did it before. Everyone does it. Every gamer usually does this. Um, Unless you grew up with it right next to you. That being said, um, Mega Man has not evolved like its other, like um, its progenitors, not its progenitors, it's um, it's like its offspring. Successors. Successors, thank you. Its successors and like just the inspired video games made by other creators and indie developers. Mega Man just stays Mega Man. You know, they, even like, uh, and there's some weird ones that have done the formula somewhat. Like even like Gato Roboto is kind of Mega Man esque, and it's got some things going on with the robot mechanics. And yeah, it's like, like a weird Mega Man. Definitely far more Metroid, but definitely yeah. like has some Mega Man elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the thing. Like just hearing you guys, and you guys are far less um, scrutinous of Mega Man than I am as fans. And you guys are even saying eleven was all right. While I looked at eleven and was like, I'm not playing that. That looks boring. <laughs> and have either one of you beaten it? No, uh, I, no I haven't had I the, need I to go a, back. A, a right. I actually will probably go back and play it at some point soon because 
it is something that I think I would enjoy just, you know. I'm not saying just, you won't enjoy it. I'm just trying to point out that you guys have not felt the need yeah, to go back to it. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, hold up, I wasn't so addicted to it that I was like, oh, I got to beat it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a bit different to me because, you know, I hop off games a lot. So it's kind of different. That's fair, but you also will stay on the game for a really long time if you enjoy it. You may get off eventually, Arnold, but you have stayed on a game for a hot minute. So... I am just pointing out what's literally in front of me. And I'm not necessarily saying the game sucks. For me, it looks boring. And I played a little bit of it and it was boring. But I'm not saying it's bad. That's a personal take. What I am, however, saying is just pointing out what you are necessarily doing with the game. Um, and I don't I don't mean that as an indictment of you. I mean that as in a way of like just looking at how recycled the Mega Man formula has become. It's like you fight your bot masters, you get their powers, you beat them in a formulaic way with their weaknesses, and then you go through a boss rush, and then you play more bosses after that. It's basically Mega Man is a boss battle game um, when you break it down to it, and there's nothing great about that. There's no adventure like you get in Mega Man um, Legends. There's no intense like combat techniques and scenarios and mechanics you have to learn like gunvolt or zero um, and stuff like that so yeah i don't know the answer necessarily but i do think like you guys said earlier i think they're a little afraid after 11 i think they're also a little afraid after my number nine um yes look man all they gotta do is remake mega man zero two every time you bring up zero i just hear the first levels music in my head they don't need to do anything else with Zero. Zero has been done, played out. We got Gunvolt now. They need to just suck it up and make Legends. Because yep. that um, is the one that's not going to happen. I oh, it's not going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. Um, right now, Capcom is focusing on Monster Hunter, Resident Evil, and maybe Devil May Cry in a little bit. But that's the uh, that, has there um, has there been like a announcement of a six? They tend to keep Devil May Cry real quiet. Mm. Like that's that's usually how Devil May Cry works. Like you won't hear anything about Devil May Cry, and then they're like, "Hey, Dante," you know. Um, Man, they did Dante dirty. <laughs> that he did not age well. Look, five is a great game, but there's so much wrong with Devil May Cry as a series right now to me. And it's weird for me to say that Devil May Cry is overly pop culture referency and and hokey when that is kind of the point. Yeah, like that's kind of how Devil May Cry works. Um, I guess it just feels even more in your face. Because meme culture is a thing now. So, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Three was ridiculous. You guys were here when I described that crazy um, Billards scene with yeah. Dante. Yes. They don't do that no more. They got over the top stuff in five. Don't get me wrong. But that is not in it. In five, there's a lot more references or, like, self-referential stuff that happens in Devil May It's got more Deadpool-y in it. Right, it's more Deadpool, yeah. and it's not always bad, but it definitely kills your series really quickly. And like Arnold said, they made Dante old, and it's like Devil May Cry is not bring it over to the next generation. It's a, it's a one man show. 
It's it's Dante. Like I, you guys try to, and don't get me wrong. Nero is actually much better in five than in four. Um, my personal opinion, but it's it's the Dante show. It's like make Nero his own game. You did that for um for zero. <laughs> you didn't even use original zero. You like you like made him age and get new equipment and everything. <laughs> And turned him into like his own character, um, which was successful. So yeah, um, I don't know what Capcom is going to do down the line. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I won't go any more into the Capcom Mega Man discussion. Arnold and Dustin, who would like to go next? Uh, I have quite a bit of news, so if you want to go, Dustin, you can. Okay, I'll be fast about some of these and a little bit slower on some other things. Um, so, um, I don't know if y'all heard the, uh, Kazutaka Miyatake, Miyatake, yeah, uh, who's a mecha designer. He worked on Macross. Um, he, uh, was discharged from the hospital on Friday because the fire broke out in his residence on May the 22nd. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. His wife passed away from her injuries. Um, his his were relatively minor. He had some carbon monoxide poisoning and some minor, minor burns, I think. Um, yeah, but he was able to escape the house. Um, but had smoke inhalation and had to go to the hospital. Uh, the kitchen area had the most intense flames, so it's likely it was just like a house fire. So, um, yeah, but he is recovering that. at least. It is very tragic about his wife, though. Um, for anybody who wants a little more information on who he is, he did the Macross designs. He did some stuff with Studio New um, for the, um, <clears throat> of all things, the Starship Troopers Japanese version. Like, it had some illustrations with it because, of course, they liked the, the mechs in that, in that novel. <laughs> so it got, like, anime-style illustrations. Uh, he did Space Battleship Yamato designs. He did oh. a bunch of other um, Super Robot Wars, Rossophon, some of the Dirty Pair series, Eureka 7. He also did work on lots, lots of mech things. Hmm. Okay, well... But I'm glad he's recovering, but I am very sorry to hear about his wife. Yeah. And his yeah. apartment, because that's also never... never a- a good thing to have to deal with. Yeah. Also, he doesn't have to go through any like uh, uh, therapy because uh, carbon monoxide poisoning is pretty fucking mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, it can cause some major, major problems in terms of your cognitive function. Mm-hmm. Like will, a lot of brain problems. He, he probably may have to go through some kind of physical therapy. Um, not necessarily sure um, depending on the severity and how long, but yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Um, also, in a similar piece of news, um, authorities in Tokyo arrested a 25-year-old woman from Miyagi Prefecture um, for uh, threatening a studio with arson. Oh my god! Yeah, they don't know. They don't know she's Holy mentally. Shit. They're suspecting she's mentally ill, but they don't. They're they're evaluating her now because she sent several emails and faxes to the studio. They think. Um, and so she may have been like a recurring, like, you know, recurring sending things she shouldn't have been sending and they didn't like act on it then in terms of like trying to reach out to her and like, see if there was something they do about that until it turned into like, you know, like an arson threat. And now, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I need these people to stop sending threats about burning studio places down. Well, yes, I need y'all to stop. I need y'all to stop with these arson so, threats. So, okay, this is what I was going to say. Over here, yeah, stop. Because what we have over here is not always available in Japan, which is mental health care. Yes, this is true. Wrong. Don't get me wrong. America's mental health care system is shit. Because it's like not enough people can afford it. It's very privatized. It's not enough availability for it. It really needs to be a very universal thing. However, in Japan, there's a big stigma over it too, where it's even right. worse in Japan, where you just do not have it. Um, a lot of mangaka out there have mental health complications and issues that they can't usually seek help for because of how the system is in japan there's a lot of you know good stuff over there in japan but um its healthcare can be somewhat similar to ours um in the sense that it's not always readily available it's very expensive um and there's st- stigma around it so don't get me wrong i too am tired of people wanting to set things on fire but it, this one in this case, like Dustin said earlier, if she does have a mental illness of some sort or um, some form of um, delusionary thinking or something like that, um, it's no surprise mm-hmm. because of the fact that people are not able to get the help they may need. Um, yes. So, yeah, we'll, hopefully they'll know more information and be able to help her if that is the case. Um, yes. but yeah, um, I didn't um, want to interject Dustin, but since we're talking about depressing yes. news in Japan, when it comes to artist, um, is your next news what I think it's going to be? Uh, yes, I guess we'll go ahead and touch on that next. So, okay, I, um, I wanted to get since you are for more familiar <laughs> with the series. Mm-hmm. Do you mind taking over for this one? Uh, yeah. And the reason I mentioned it was because we were already talking about depressing deaths and stuff. Uh, I figured we just whatever other news you have, we'll get all the depressing all, yeah. news. Yeah, all together. Um, so this is a week old. Um, and I let the podcast know as soon as it was available to the public. But um, Kentaro, um, Miura. The I wonder if I pronounced that last part correctly. Um, the creator and writer an artist of Berserk, the manga series, passed away May 6th, actually, um, from, like, a acute, like, heart. Um, yeah, like an aortic something. A dissection is what it's usually called. A dissection, mm-hmm. where it's basically like a little cut or tear in the heart. Um, and... He passed away on the 6th. The public and all of us didn't know until like the 20th. Um, And yeah, he's the creator of Berserk. He's creator of one of the biggest manga series as far as influential terms is concerned goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people don't like I think Berserk really hit a huge wave of people. Excuse me. um, In the pop culture sense of hitting a huge wave of people. In like the early 2000s, um, it was started in the in the 80s, like 89, so early 90s technically. 
and um it it was it got pretty big you know but i think it blew up like when our generation got older and was telling younger anime likers like oh you want to watch something dark you need to look at berserk um and for those of you who don't know what berserk is about it's about a very very abused person um who becomes a warrior um shenanigans happen i won't spoil the big spoiler that everyone likes to talk about um and then people are so bad about spoiling good things well yeah people are really bad about spoiling it um i'm only doing this to be nice i frankly feel like at this point Go read it. Um, uh, but or or even watch the anime. The anime covers up to the point that the reveal happens. Um, the original anime. Don't watch. Don't, don't watch shit. the. Don't watch that weird. Yeah, that weird thing. None of it. None of the it. new stuff. Even the ones that people will say, "Oh, it's all right. Don't look at it. It's garbage. It's shit. It's trash." Just watch the original Just, one. Do, the uh, I'll go read the manga. Right. Yeah. The manga is great. He is a phenom- or was a phenomenal artist. And was a pretty darn good writer. Um, I honestly, and here's the sad thing about it. This is one of those things where I joke about it a lot. But I am never right about good things. And I think even 10 years ago, I was like, I'm worried that he won't be able to finish his work. Um, He had always been sick, like many mangaka are. Because the demand for manga pages is astronomically high and i don't care how many anime fans there are out there we do not contribute enough money to the mangaka to justify some of this stuff yeah we got freaking akira toriyama you got taite kubo you know you got a good number of like platinum star manga creators but there's a lot of them out there that are broke, are depressed, are sad. Um, you know, the guy who writes Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho, he's depressed like 24-7. Like, why do you think his shit's so dark? Um, and it is, it's imperative to understand these things because I feel if manga wasn't in such high demand... Are if he had better access to medical um, facilities and um, surgeries, he may have been better down the line. But who's to say? That's all conjecture on my part. But like, it's really upsetting because he was really, really talented. Um, I always like to tell people to stop overhyping Berserk because, like, it's great, but. There's the one twist, um, and everyone's like, that one twist solidifies the whole manga. Um, it does I will not... say his um, his artwork is also worth reading it for, because that's yeah. part of what made oh, him yeah, such that's a what I was say. unique, yeah, such yeah. a unique uh, artist in the genre is just his use of like contrast, yes, and his his ridiculous level of detail, his scope, his scope and detail is what I was going to say is that like. Berserk is bigger than just that one twist. Um, mm-hmm. He does very well at showing pain and 
like despair and the details of the landscapes and the juxtaposition of character models or designs that he does. Um, you get guts and you get you can get everything from guts by looking at guts. Um, mm-hmm. And you can get everything from Griffith or um, the witch girl um, or that stupid comical kid they inserted into the manga because I don't know why um, by looking at them. And every character is very complex and unique and dark. Everything's dark. It's it's a it's a great manga, but it is not one to make you feel good. No, um, it does not. It is important to know that. It is a depressing, depressing read. Um, things get worse before they yes. ever get better in Berserk. Um, but, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm also going to uh, try to look into some of... I read a, a little interesting article on some of his other work, and so I'm actually going to take, try to like, take a look at it yes. in the next couple of weeks and talk a little bit about it once I get do that. Yeah, he has a, a good number of other works out there. Um, it is, None of them are really quite like Berserk. It's actually no. interesting because a lot of them are more like um, some cyberpunk stuff and mm-hmm. some like post-apocalyptic stuff and things like that. Which, in a way, is like Berserk because yes, the, in a way, the, it's got that dark, yeah. The dark, yeah, yeah. And he's done really good. Um, he's done really good works. Um, and I've kind of like touched on some of his stuff in the passing years but nothing is nothing is as well done as berserk um as outside of his works his his other works are great um and i do think people should look into it um but they are not they're not berserk they just aren't um and yeah so it was really upsetting i told um my friend um, she really, 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 really loves Berserk. She's the person that got me into Berserk. Um, she is definitely one of those people that's like the the, the twist people. I uh, I guess that's the best way to say it is the twist that happens in Berserk. Those the people who are really about that twist, they'll like mention it a lot. Um, nothing wrong with that. I just always find it funny. Um, I also told my little brother's friend she's really into it. Um, and yeah, it's, people are sad, duly, for good reason. Um, but yeah, this should tell people, like, out of a lot of the businesses that you should be supporting with your money, manga is definitely still one of those that's okay, in my opinion. You don't gotta scour the seas, you know, for it. And maybe you don't buy every volume. Maybe you'd wait like me and get the, um the hardbacks um, of Berserk and buy like a big encyclopedia volume level um, manga down the line. So like, you know, it's support your mangaka. If anything, this should come from because things like this, like they're people, they're humans, they work their asses off and you can critique everything mm-hmm. you want to, but it does take work. You know, like I heard someone talk about how, Taite Kubo should be given a little bit of slack for how Bleach ended up because he has been drawing Bleach for years and producing all this content and stuff. And that definitely has some merit. It does not excuse the writing that happened at the end of Bleach. But as far as artwork and putting, you know, nose to the grindstone, 
definitely should be some consideration. Um, and everyone's different. You know, you got Araki, who's not human because he writes Jojo. And He's actually a vampire. <laughs> he found the stone mask. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, that's all I really think I have to say about Berserk. Great series. Um, there was a great mangaka behind it. Um, I feel for his family, if anything, because that's the thing that I was worried about the first part. I don't give a shit about Berserk enough to want him to, like, his family to suffer or anything like that. Um, and I, and I honestly don't want it to be finished. Maybe. Yeah, there's some yeah. questions about that right now. And, like, should it be, should it not be, should his assistants do it, should they not do it? I don't know how it'll turn out. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure publishers or developers are some really avid fans will want it finished. But Berserk, if anything, should teach people about knowing that everything doesn't go the way you want. Um, it's true. You know, and so it's it's not okay to be selfish about this just because you love a series. Um, and, you know, who knows? Like Justin said, maybe his assistants were left with instructions by him to directly not, um, I mean, to directly finish it. And if that's his last will and testament, that's fine. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, but anyway, continue onward, Dustin. Pass our set. Okay, a little bit more uh, news. Speaking of, coattailing off of, this is actually more bad news, but coattailing off of that, <laughs> um, there is, well, it's, it's, it's bad and good news. Um, so there is an anime unit and episode director um, named Ta- Taiki Nishimura, who recently spoke about his desire to rectify abuses in the industry. Um, apparently, he's talking to the Directors Guild of Japan, and they are talking about like maybe trying to do some legal action to address the um, the industry's problems with sexual harassment and power harassment, uh, both of which exist and are significant. Um, but he's trying to. They're trying to like you know put together if they can get other people to step forward some legal legal attempts to to uh, mm-hmm. curb some of that. Okay. Um, his, uh, his law, apparently when he told lawyers that his anime work doesn't involve a contract, they were all like shocked and horrified according to what he tweeted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently this guy also disclosed that in 2017, his monthly income was about $900 a month for each anime he worked on. And so he wanted to focus on one so he could do a better job, but he had to work on several to make enough money. Coming back to what I was saying. (laughs) Yeah. Like. What? And here's a killer. Here's a killer. Anime and manga have skyrocketed in America. Mm -hmm. And we consume so much. And hear me out. There's a lot of people who don't have money and jobs and stuff right now. So I do understand sometimes where you got to get with your crew and sell the grand line. However, when you can... Jesus Christ, like buy a volume, buy a DVD, stop looking at every website. And this is coming from like one of those kids back in the day who did it. Um, you're, it matters because there's a lot of companies out there that will hijack anime and manga. You can see it mm-hmm. happening right now. 
And every little nickel and dime you give doesn't go directly to those people, but some of it does. And it I know it sucks because of capitalism, but try to give the best you can. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, what's yes. the what's the service that we, uh that you use, James, that you can tell people real quick? Weekly Shonen yeah. Jump has an app and mm-hmm. it's three dollars a month and it gives you a lot of different access to things. What's even better though, admittedly, I will say this too, is if you also buy stuff because that generates more. Part of their goal with that, I think, is not just to make that accessible for cheap, but also to make you go, oh, I really like this series. I want to own it digitally or in print. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. like, you can get you can get access to things. You pay, um, like Dustin said, you pay $2 a month. You gain access to all this stuff. A, a, lar- a large portion of manga, by the way. And, and that little bit goes a long way. You know, and, you know, try your best Try your best to look at it on a, a certified streaming service or, you know, deal with the commercials, you big whiner, you know, stuff like that. You yeah. know, watch it on Crunchyroll right. <laughs> with the commercials. That's better than just pirating. I also think about it this way. If you're going to watch it with a, le- a legal, like legitimate streaming service where the money actually goes back to them. Um, yes, you'll have to deal with commercials. If you watch it on some pirate site, you won't have to necessarily deal with commercials, but you'll have so many pop-ups and possible viruses that it's like a commercial. It's like a really <laughs> bad true. commercial. Um, <laughs> and, and that one, also, if you watch it on a legal streaming service, it's much less likely for you to get ransomware and wind up like Colonial Pipeline and have to pay a <laughs> ransom. Right. And, and even even then, like I do get the need to pirate stuff if you're doing that kind of thing but i guess for me when you break it down try your bets to minimize how much you do it i'm not going to sit here and be judgy mcjudgy because money is tight and people are not being paid enough for their services etc 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 but you know it is something that should be considered and you should try to minimize that you know um yeah it's just yeah what you guys are saying completely. So I yeah. that sucks that he has to get paid that little. By the way, we're not sponsored by any of these people. We just like the well uh, However, if Shonen control, Jump is but... looking for an American like done podcast, I would love to one have us all flown out to Japan. <laughs> we are all vaccinated and um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um but yeah, no. Um, like Arnold said, we're not sponsored by anybody. It's just common sense. Capitalism suck. The way they've bastardized anime and manga at this point is horrible. But I definitely don't think every creator should be suffering because of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, last little bit of news. Um, James, did you watch the Transformers movie, the original one, not the not the Michael Bay one? I have. And sorry if I keep going in and out. I'm like monitoring a dog and also trying to keep a cat from running outside. Um, but yes, I have <laughs> seen the um, the original Transformers movie. I haven't seen it in years. But I Whoa, do know good news. It is. Because it's coming out oh. with a limited 35th anniversary um, limited edition steelbook with 4, 4K UHD apparently. Oh, oh my God. From the original, from the original 35 millimeter film, they're going to make a, a 4K transfer. 
now a bunch of 30 plus euros can cry as optimus <laughs> dies um spoiler alert hey, what no I, i've seen okay it. i was really like what okay <laughs> i was like you don't know that's fully like, out um <laughs> but yeah i that is interesting i did not know that yep, yep cool. they're coming out with a new ultra hd one from shout factory and shout factory usually does pretty um pretty reasonable dvd prices from my experience like not not horrible it's as reasonable as dvds are reasonable you know mm-hmm but um, there's that. Um, one last little weird piece of news. If anybody out there has not seen Dororo because you want to wait and watch, watch an English dub, Sentai Filmworks is making an English dub. Um, oh, wow. So um, that's coming soon. Since it is Sentai Filmworks, it has some different I actors than you may be used to. I have something um, to say about Sentai in a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but they've got uh, Cheney Moore as Dororo and Adam Gibbs as Hakimaru and a lot of other people that I don't actually recognize as much because they're not those same three actors that, that Funimation hires for every project. I mean, what? That is good. <laughs> other people are getting some um, work done. I personally am of the enjoyment of the Japanese voice actors, but that's the yes, bit. they are good. They are good voice actors. Yeah. All right. Um, well, um, also, apparently, one last thing. Since I mentioned it before, I'll mention it again because I know somebody. Um, I, re- I remember hearing from James that somebody was talking about my, my Gundam watching. Um, that they're, apparently they're making a new manga based on 0080 that's going to be focused on Chris from that series. That's the test pilot for the Federation, the, the girl next door. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Apparently it's, um, apparently it's getting like, a, I think an anniversary maybe coming up soon for that. And so they are, has recently passed for that. And so they're going to do a little spinoff manga. Oh, neat. Yep. But all right, that's all I have, I think, for news, except I just realized I do have one more thing. Um, so did y'all hear about what J.J. Abrams admitted about the Star Wars trilogy? I uh, no, glanced not. at an article. I heard, I saw Star Wars J.J. Abrams in my brain said, this information does not need to cloud the aging brain matter you have. But... <laughs> <laughs> so really that? briefly... I will summarize from what I understand what was said. Uh-huh. Gosh, it would have been a good idea if we actually had a plan going into those three movies. Oh, LOL. that's not new. Everyone knew <laughs> they didn't have a fucking plan. <laughs> Everyone knew. We all knew you didn't know what the hell y'all were doing. <laughs> it is. It's. It's very obvious. No, I don't think anyone who. Okay, anyone that's older and was watching these movies. Um, besides the oh the lightsaber cut on um yeah. the people they were they were kind of like watching it with a critical eye were being right. like this seems like y'all didn't plan between the, it seems like y'all didn't even talk about what was going on in these movies with each other did you oh yeah no and it's like the fact that he can be like lol it's like dude there are people <laughs> who can miss one printed page on their boss's form and get fired you made a multi-billion dollar flop and you can LOL? Like It's like, yeah, um, probably not his literal words, but that's how it No, yeah, it I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but he's still um, he's not taking it seriously. Proof again that, that people need to, like, Hollywood needs to not, not hire these people to right. write things, get good writers to write things. Like, what if they know their names? They must be good. Look. It's look, like, oh, oh, they, they, they're really nice at a cocktail party, so I want them to write my book. That's what it feels like. Look, folks, 
J.J. Abrams should have stopped being employed for high-priority projects after Lost. Damn. I'm just saying. I like a few of his things, but he has a lot of What a else lot of says he made... I'm trying to I, I kind of liked Cloverfield, uh, whatever it was, Cloverfield Lane, kind of. Not Cloverfield, Cloverfield was not. So Cloverfield Lane was definitely a J.J. Abrams production. It was very it was, much a J.J. Abrams production. It was production, better because it, it horror lends itself better to the whole mystery not being fully solved. Yes, yes. So yes. you can kind of get away with J.J. Abrams stupid because it's like, oh, we'll never know. It's like, okay, that's fine. You know, you don't have a thing that's a literal story where it's like, yeah, we didn't plan any of this. Um, yeah, it doesn't work. So, doesn't yeah. work. But yes, yeah. that's it for me. Arnold, what do you have? Right, so I'm going to go through the the quick stuff first, I guess. Okay. Um, so, real quick, um, the Switch Pro, there's a little leak on that um, for people who don't know. Uh, the Amazon version in Mexico they apparently listed the Switch Pro on accident for like a day and then it was taken down. <laughs> so whoops. apparently, yep, it was a big whoopsie because Nintendo probably was not happy about that. Um, I think it was slated on there for like September. Mm-hmm. So people are like speculating that it's going to be a September, October release. So we'll see about that. But apparently when this does launch, Nintendo will no longer be making the original. They're going to phase that one out. Um, so it's just going to be the new one and then the Switch Lite. So all that. But we, uh, but that's like, yeah, but there's no, I don't don't think that's been confirmed yet. So I don't know. Right. So confirmed or not, um, excuse me, everyone. I must let in a dog. A moment. Um, it will be priced a bit more than the $300 though, the new Switch Pro, but I think it's not going to go any higher than that honestly mm-hmm. but we'll see okay um it makes sense though because they're using like a like brand new screen and i think a new actually i don't know if they're gonna use a new chip they probably will there's gonna be i think you mentioned the ethernet cable um connection maybe um but i know that's gonna be there one moment again darn animals excuse everybody jane be watching over a dog for somebody yeah, he is um, dog sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently the new the, the new screen is going to be an OLED screen supplied by Samsung, which is going to mm-hmm. reduce uh, battery consumption, which means your Switch That's will good. last longer. Um, and also, I don't remember, I don't know what the Switch's resolution is by itself right now. Um, it says that it's going to be the new Switch is going to be a 720p resolution, so I'm assuming the current ones is less. Which I don't, I don't really think it matters. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, if I want 1080p in my hand, I got a phone for that. Switch games aren't really, I don't so, need like dedicated graphics and visuals for them. So here's the thing about the Switch Pro that I have a problem with. One, I feel it's really soon to be producing a new system after the pandemic. Um, yes. I, this feels a lot like the PS5. Like, this feels a lot like the PS5. It's like, people don't have jobs. People don't have the availability. But then, because of the PS5 issue, all I'm thinking about are scalpers. So, remember, people made fun of the Switch before. And they were like, how far behind it is and everything like that. Well, 
People during COVID bought so many switches and everyone hyped themselves up so hard about With Animal the Switch. Crossing. Well, no, they hyped themselves up about the Switch Pro existing. So for the longest time, mm-hmm. there was no evidence. People just wanted it to happen. They were like, when the Switch Pro happens, I'll get the Switch and everything because video gaming has become a dick measuring contest. Um, excuse the phrase for those big of you. rams. Right, yeah, if right, you got right. more than one console, you're definitely winning. Well, yeah, you have more than one <laughs> console. Your console's always pumping out 1080p or higher. If you're not playing in 1080p or higher, you're not playing it right. You know, you gotta, you have to keep up. Your games have to look great, which is really weird because most gaming is done by yourself. So who yes. the hell are you impressing? <laughs> That person on the other end of your screen is seeing their their game on their TV, regardless of what co- what quality your TV is. Exactly, and so I think what will happen is that a lot of people will buy the Switch Pro just to have it. I don't think a lot of people who will be buying these systems are scalping them wants wants to have it. You know what I mean? It'll be like, oh, I got it because it's better than the original Switch, and it's like. Well, yeah, it's like four years old at this point. Anything that comes after it typically is going to be better. It's just how aging works. Um, but like, it's going to be that whole thing of like a neener, neener, neener. I have this kind of stuff. Um, and I definitely feel scalpers are going to be an issue here. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. In yeah, and also it's Nintendo. Like, let's be real. Nintendo doesn't always make the exact amount of product it needs to make. So sometimes they're prone to some manufacturing issues for some strange reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like manufacturing scarcity. Um well like, so manufacturing and, uh, yes, the FOMO, creating yeah. this need for FOMO, manufacturing it. And now don't get me wrong, when it comes to making their systems, Nintendo typically is okay in that regard. They do they do their FOMO and stuff in many other areas. I think they definitely want to make as many systems as they can. Um, because they want that dollar dollar bill, but I do believe it's going to be weird. I really want to see retailers and Nintendo stepping up and making it like, okay, you've bought this system. And yeah, kind of like when I don't know which I've I need like man, um, like Best Buy or wherever you buy them. Um, to make it like okay, you can only buy like one per person, so like scalpers can't get that many, right? Or if they are scalping, you can just see it. Like it's just like you have to have like eighteen buddies, or at least like half of the stock is only walking. Even right. though yes, it is COVID, they don't want people walking out. But like, hey, I don't want all hundred percent of whatever stock to just scalpers be like, I'm gonna have a bot. Click on this a hundred times so I can get a hundred. Walk-in is good. One, it keeps the reason for having a physical retailer open and keeping those people employed. But also, you can always get more stock in and then put that stock as um, retail store only afterwards. You know, you can transfer Mm -hmm. that over. Um, Now, who knows? Because game system releases are always hectic and crazy. Um, But... Uh, apparently, uh, your gamer confirmed with its own sources that it'll be um, the Switch Pro's uh, release announcement will ha- probably happen during E3. This that's year. what, yes, that's what I've heard too. I've heard a lot of predictions that it's going to be at E3. It would have to if they're going to release it in September. 
Um, so who knows? Now, given everyone, my birthday is in September. Just want to say can't. that out loud. <laughs> um, except Arnold, he is completely excused from having to get me a gift for a hot minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does not have to do that. Everyone else. <laughs> Just my birthday is in September. Um. Anyway, yeah, it was your birthday Christmas gift. <laughs> there you go. Um. But anyway. Um. Yeah. So who knows about that? But go ahead, Arnold. Okay. And then, uh, this is kind of a no big surprise. Uh, but there's gonna be no physical BlizzCon. The BlizzCon. Uh, BlizzCon for this year of 2021. Uh, BlizzCon has canceled it, canceled their annual in-person fan festival for this year because of, you know, COVID. They'll be, they'll just hold another online show, and they've claimed that next year they're gonna have like a smaller gathering for people who want to go to like a small festival. But mm-hmm. that's yet to be seen. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think about this because there're gonna be a lot of con- quote-unquote conventions. I wonder because. Every every state in this country, at least, has apparently they just are like COVID went on vacation, so we should too. Um, I'm just wondering how many people will care. You know, we were all cramped up inside last year, but this year people are like, I got to get out. I got to live as I go get a disease because I don't want to get vaccinated. Um, so I wonder like, you know, like how that's going to play out now. Um, because I definitely, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong on this. I wonder if COVID was one of the reasons that the PS5 was so like scalped heavily. Could be. Definitely is the reason why anything really. People are like, I gotta do something. Right. Cooped up at home. I gotta play Dark Souls again. I think, like, really, the only reason why I don't hear people talk about like the Xbox copy, which I'm pretty sure there has been, is because Xbox's killer app, which was the new Halo game, never came out. You know, was was yeah, it was pushed back because the development wasn't uh, finished, and then people saw the trailer and they're like, "Oh, monkey face, really plastered." And it's really (laughs) weird. It's really weird that like you got like. The system like the Switch Pro um, coming out. I'm like, what's the killer app for that? Mario Pro. That would be real weird. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> they're gonna come out with Mario Maker Three, the finale. No, that's hey, too soon. They haven't milked Mario Maker Two enough yet. Now, see here. Here's my here's my argument. Since it's since it's the Switch Pro, mm-hmm. we're gonna have Mario Pro Skater. There you go. Oh, holy shit! That'd be that. tight. By that. the way, also I think Mario Maker is actually coming to an end because I found they uh, released like their final mm. like update for it. Like I think a couple months ago, okay. which is cool Close. because apparently that update they can make players can make their own like Mario game. Basically, they can have their own levels and stuff. And different worlds, up to eight worlds, I think. Oh, nice. Huh. Very nice. Mm-hmm. With five levels in each, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. But what else you got there, Arnold? Uh, all right. We have, um, so for people who have forgotten, uh, trying to make your 
Salt comeback uh, for the CD Projekt Cyberpunk. We all know how that game went, um, but some people might have forgotten that when they first launched, they did so bad, the game was so bad, that PlayStation said, this game is 100% refundable, and CD Projekt Red, we're going to take your game off the storefront. Uh, but it's been a while. I'm sure the game runs okay now. Uh, I'm not 100% sure because I could not care anymore for that game. But apparently it's still not on the it's still not on the PlayStation Store. So um, for people who want to been wanting to get it, uh, unless you got you can go somewhere to get the physical version. If you're trying just to buy a download for it, uh, apparently it's still not in store. So uh, you just have there's no like date for when Sony will bring it back because CD Projekt Red and Sony have to talk about it <laughs> essentially. Sony has to prove that the game has gotten better or whatever. And you know how Sony is. I don't know where I was going to go with that statement or joke. I just think about Sony. <laughs> and, Here's how I, Sony I is. About, I think about Sony and CD Projekt Red. I'm like, I hate both of you. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I hope it's available for the people who actually, for some reason, still want to give money to CD Projekt Red and buy the game. Um, but that company is going from shit to shit. Um, if I'm honest. So, who knows? Who fucking knows? But go ahead. Uh, speaking of Sony, um, there's been a little controversy because um, this was brought up, uh, I think, last week too, but... A lot of people didn't know, uh, that, but they were surprised to find out that PlayStation, um, if you want your game to be cross-play, uh, they charge the developers of whoever makes the who wants the cross-play game to be, uh, they make them pay more money for that. And there's a little controversy with Borderlands 3. Uh, that game was supposed to be cross-play um, when it came out, but apparently PlayStation was not included because Sony said, uh, I don't want to do cross-play on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sony, for those of you who don't pay attention to this, hates other companies. And I mean that in a way that isn't just competition. You know, Nintendo and Microsoft have this really weird, like, buddy thing going on. Um, Sega has been subdued. Um... <laughs> by Nintendo and other companies. Ever since the fail. It was of- kind of like King Kong versus Godzilla in the movie. Like, Sega <laughs> really tried. They tried their best. But it got stomped out. But, like, you know. I mean, hold up. They also messed up. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying. they The competition just capitalized on it. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was when Sony was still in okay, too. Sony yeah, was, so Sony was, was good. Building, building up, too. And the thing yeah. is, is that Sony now knows it has such a huge loyal fan base um, to the degree that it's on level with like Final Fantasy and Star Wars fans um, that they're ravenous beasts. And even like, like some disgruntled Nintendo fans are like this, too, um, where they can get away with stuff. And one of the things they get away with a lot is not letting people know that they're the reason crossplay doesn't happen. Like, they hate crossplay because they have said in statements before is that 
and yeah, like Arnold said, we have spoken about this on the podcast. Whatever you are putting your time in that isn't Sony is Sony not getting that money. And they don't like that. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. People are like, why can't crossplay? And Sony's like, I don't know. Why can't we get crossplay? <laughs> like Monster Hunter World, I feel like Monster Hunter World would have done so much better if there was crossplay in it, man. It's just... Sony's like, me, well, why can't we get crossplay? Yeah, you're right. And they're like, oh yeah, if you guys want crossplay, it's going to be like <laughs> thirty million dollars. <laughs> Sony's like Sony people pulled out the damn that's crazy that you want that. <laughs> I just I just imagine like someone's like we want really nice dishes and Sony takes out like some fine china and slams it on the ground and Sony looks at everyone with this quizzical face like why can't we have nice dishes? <laughs> and they take another plate and they just slam it on the ground like <laughs> um yeah but yeah Sony sucks when it comes to crossplay. Just us. Other news, Arnold? Uh, okay, so now I think this is the... Hold on, let me get rid of... By the way, for the... Real quick, for the normal Switch, apparently it does still run at 720p. It's just, you know, a new panel. Because the current one's LCD. We're going to get the OLED, which is cooler. And better coloring. Mm-hmm. Just want to bring that up real quick. Uh, okay, so now we have the... Uh, this is another fast one. Uh... EA chairman Larry Bross is stepping down. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. Because I don't know how to pronounce that. And Andrew Wilson, the robot, the man, the myth, the not legend, will be taking his place. So oh, now he'll get goodness. even more money so- and has even more power because he's going to be on EA's board of directors. Jim Sterling is going to do an amazing episode on this, I feel. I feel it. So... Side note, Jim Sterling has an Andrew Wilson voice that they do, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I guess Android Wilson. Yes. And he's like, Hex Terminate. I can't even do it. I can't even do how they do it right, but it's really mm-hmm. good. Um, but go ahead, Arnold. Uh, luckily, this step down is not anything bad, I guess. That's a good thing. No controversy. Uh, Larry just is retiring because I'm a. They're, uh, because they're getting on to H. Next week, we're going to find out that Larry put rockets up puppies' asses, lit them on fire, and he <laughs> kicked them across the field into an orphanage. $5. Put my money down now. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is good. Hopefully, it's just a step down. Hopefully, it's just a step down. <laughs> Dear God. And now... Yeah. Go ahead, Arnold. For the for the final bit of news, this is the one that's gonna be a kind of bit long. Um, but for reason for good reasons. Uh Ubisoft. So for people who've forgotten, was it last year, James? Mm-hmm. Was that the whole allegation things came out? Mm-hmm. So for people who have forgotten, because I'm pretty sure people have forgotten, Ubisoft last year, uh there was like an internal report that basically Ubisoft whole this place is a all cultures and races, everyone's equal was a fucking lie. And it was just supremacy of one type of people. And, you know, if you were any, you know, if you were LGBTQ, they're like, ha ha, you're funny. You know, funny joke you are as a person. And obviously there's a whole bunch of kickback on it. Some people were let go. 
uh, Ubisoft's uh, CEO said they're going to make some big changes. Uh, apparently, last week, uh, the original people who have been harassed and stuff have come out saying nothing, almost nothing has happened since then. Yeah, so... Ubisoft has not done anything for these pretty much people. They did make a whole new division for it, but I, I'm a, that division hasn't done anything, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is not um, unsurprising that Ubisoft has done absolutely nothing. They haven't done absolutely anything for decades at this point. Why would they start now? Um, and essentially, so those of you who need a bigger refresher, Ubisoft is responsible for um, almost basically aiding and securing and safely rerouting like abusers harassers and rapists in their company without ever bringing them to light, disciplining them or anything like that. Um, and created a toxic work culture in place of work for its employees and is very um, much known for its nepotism. So they have like a new person in charge. That's like the, the brother-in-law or the cousin of one of the, the CEOs. CEOs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just what that is, honestly. And yeah, this isn't new to me. I heard about this um, on the Podquisition podcast, the Jim Sterling, Laura K. Dell, and Conrad Zimmerman podcast. Um, and it was, they covered a good bit about this. And it's kind of like what we're saying right now. They basically. I think they hire like two folks and they also they like waggled their finger essentially and that was it yeah i think the hr department who is responsible for helping protect these people are still all employed for the most part yeah that they none of the people from the hr staff have been let go they actually still have all of their original positions mm-hmm so I don't know what to tell you guys aside from capital. This is weird. I just told you guys to go out and buy manga. And now Look, just don't support Ubisoft. Look, don't really. Honestly, don't. Fuck them games. It's the one thing. You know, everyone who listens to this podcast regularly, our episode beforehand, it's one of the few things of art that I just don't purchase. Even though a lot of the art creators are fine. It's just the company is garbage, you know, um, and they're even garbage worse. on a different level, too. Go yeah, ahead. apparently, because that that report came out last year was during summer. There's been new harassment reports that have been reported, but they've been they were sidelined in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those problems were pretty much ignored even after the whole summer, all the allegations come out. So pretty much nothing has happened. Aside from some people being... They weren't even let go. They just stepped down. So most of them still get the benefits from stepping down from their original positions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just... I don't know what yeah. else to say aside from, like, people need to be held accountable more so for shit like this than ever before. And... You shouldn't be protecting them for your company. Period. I've I've gone on my rants about Ubisoft so much. I don't even have energy around them anymore. Um, 
But it's plain. Also, go ahead. A reminder that what a company says, oh, we're going to do better. We're good. We've made a committee for it. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. It means very little. It means very little. Usually when they say they make a committee, that's usually an indicator that they're not going to do anything. That's almost the biggest indicator of anything else. It's like, why do you even need a committee? Why do you need other groups of people to tell you, like, to get rid of these people? You know, you you get committees to figure out how you're going to do it or how to make it look good or, like, the best way to do it without doing as much damage, which you should not be considering when there's so much running rampant in your company. So, yeah. Um, Well, that was our news. Um, a bit of excitement, a bit of turbulence, and a bit of sadness all mixed in. The average news for this podcast. Um, but I think it's time for us to talk about what we've been up to. I think it's time for us to talk about our patch notes. Patch Notes is a part of the podcast where we talk about, well, what I just said, what we've been up to, what we've been doing. I have so much to say. So I'm going to let go Dustin, first. yeah, I'm going to let Dustin or Arnold go. Uh, well, I'll, go, go I'll go first. Honestly, I haven't really played much except for League, but I did finish uh, my book, The Ultimate History of Video Games. Um, I've enjoyed this book. It's pretty fucking good. I feel bad for Sega, honestly. Sega's <laughs> Sega had like their early c- career in the hardware scene is so sad. <laughs> there are so many poor like poor choices. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, Sega is at fault for most of it, specifically Sega of Japan. Japan, yeah, <laughs> I knew um, because that. Sega. Look, man, after <laughs> reading all of these stories, it's Sega true. Japan. They fucked up Sega. They fucked Sega of America. They fucked Sega of Europe. Yeah, no. They, oh Sega my god, Japan, <laughs> Sega of Japan is largely the reason for multiple failures mm-hmm. on Sega's parts. Sega they're the reason why. Go ahead. They're the reason, quite literally, that the European market for Sega hardware and software fell so badly because they decided to send a cons like to send the Dreamcast early because when the Dreamcast first came out obviously it came to Japan first and they were supposed to send like a half a shipment of to North America and then the other shipment to Europe but because they didn't think that the European market would be good because of the results of the Saturn which is also the fault of Sega Japan doing uh, you know picking poor choices they sent a half of the other half of Europe's shipment to america and then told the european market that hey look we have some complications we're gonna get it to you soon don't worry which was like i think a couple months and by then you know the european market was like well so you know the playstation 2 is coming out nintendo's new system's coming out i think i'm not gonna get this dream cast i'm gonna stick with what i have you know what's weird why Japan in particular, um, when it comes to um, video game development, what do they have against Europe? 
Because, but, because okay, I mean, here's, from, the, here's the thing. Um, out before Sony came along, and this is largely this is I firmly believe why Sony is so big today. Sega and Nintendo never considered Europe like a viable thing. As a matter of fact, most Europeans, at least the gamers I know, played Nintendo way down the line. They had well, Sega and Sony's. It's because they actually had. Um, so there was a different console market back in Europe. Apparently, it was pirating games was actually the norm. Apparently, because yeah, there were different. That, yeah. Um. For no specifically for Europe because they had consoles that you would just pirate a game from online and you'd put it into the console. So like when Nintendo tried to sell, um, like the SNES, like people were wondering, well, why would I pay? Two hundred dollars at the time. Oh, uh, you know? so Europe has always been taking from them. So, like, well, Europe has always been like, what? It's kind of like, why would I buy a cons like a PlayStation when I have? I'm gonna make up a name. Um, well, I'm gonna use you know, like, let's say Panasonic made like a home media thing, right? Okay. They didn't. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, they did, but I don't yeah, know. Okay. This is like, this is a make. This is a makeup. But let's go ahead. Yeah, this is a make-believe console they made. They're like, why would I buy we'll call it the, the channel. Sony PlayStation? Let's say they the, had channel. the channel. And, the ch- and this channel <laughs> could just emulate all of the games. Why right. would I need to buy their console if I can just emulate all of their software? So if I'm hearing this correctly, Europeans just was like, why would I pay for this? And so, I kind of. So That's I how it was I back then. I can't fault Japan at all. Like... Don't get me wrong. Well, it is kind of Japan's fault because they did, because you know, not everyone bought that stuff because that stuff, uh, yeah. that hardware was kind of expensive. Yeah. Um, but Sega of Japan just said, you know what, the market there is not great, so we're gonna cater less to them. And because of that, the, any Sega fans they had over there were, you know, they felt betrayed because, like, hey, why did we get the, why would we get the console so late? Why the games come out so late? How come we don't have the games that North America has? So I'm not talking about the stupidness behind not giving it to your market of Sega fans because there were Sega fans in Europe. And the reason behind it was that Sega and Sony were cheaper than Nintendo products back then. And so that's why it sold well. And that's why I'm sitting here going like, why did it take for Sony to realize that if you make a cheap product, Europeans will buy it? You know, um, they're not as consumer heavy as Americans are. So I I guess it's a weird area of where like capitalism bites you in the butt for being also smart. I think Sega just had too many uh add on things. Like they made too many they made oh, their yes. console too modular. Yes. They sold yes. too many like <laughs> like add on carts to the console that everyone's like, Well, I'm not trying to buy all this extra hardware i just want my one console maybe there's like a maybe there's like maybe one upgrade i can buy down the pipeline but that's just it sega looked at the lego infrastructure and was like we should do that because it sells because that kind of that kind of hardware sells good in japan Um, so yeah because it's it's also part of the novelty behind it and also the (coughs) the (coughs) part of the ingenuity behind it while in American Western culture, so like European and America, that's not what people really care about. People tend to care more about, well, graphics now, but like 
it's definitely like the peripherals are not the biggest thing back then. And Sega had a lot. I was around for when um, Sonic 3 was a game and then Sonic and Knuckles was a game and they were part of the same game. You had to buy them separately and you would insert one game into the other. Um, and that was just Oh, Sonic. yeah, man. Expansion pack thing. I forgot. Yes. Yep. Yes. Sonic Three with Knuckles. Mm, with Knuckles. Um, and it's that kind of concept where I and the more we talk about, it, the more I do see both sides of the equation. I get why Europeans were like that because we're kind of like that now. We're kind of like, why would we pay all this money for it? It's a sensible question, like because they're not putting enough effort into it to make us spend this much money. But then. On the flip side, at least early on, you're kind of like, yeah, I get why I wouldn't sell to this market. You know, it's just it's weird. It's dumb. But I definitely agree with what you're saying. The Sega bit itself in the foot. Um, lots of these gaming companies end up doing that. Um, I call a That was funny. Never understand the way you first time. Oh, what again? I, I said that. Not going to lie. That was kind of a funny middle image there for how you said that? Oh, by the way, imagine them like, like, oh, I gotta, gotta get this up here. He's <laughs> lifting their foot up. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely get what you mean, Arnold. Um, definitely upsetting, but I'm glad you enjoyed the book. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's an interesting book. Yeah, it covers, it just it covers um a lot, and I, I, I forgot his name. I'm kind of upset at myself because I thought I saved the bookmark on it, but um. I just want to give like a big props to Sega of Japan's uh, original CEO. I forget his name. I'm so mad at myself. But like when the when Sega decided that they're no longer gonna make hardware um, and just make software during that time period when they were transitioning and getting rid of all their stock, they're still losing money. And before the CEO died, he gave Sega of Japan I think seventy percent of his like money essentially. To get them out of debt. Wow. Um, one other thing about Sega before you continue, Arnold. Um, yeah. Sega is responsible for not allowing Sally Cheeks to be in any Sonic games and comics. Uh, that's, knows. that's the squirrel person, right? That is the squirrel princess. Of Look, man, Indian I don't know Empire. the lore. I don't know the lore of Listen. Sonic. Listen. Okay? <laughs> I'm gonna go all Sonic fan here. I'm gonna be like, gotta go fast. Where's my OC? <laughs> um, no. So, um, fun fact: there's a bunch of really cool characters that were created in the Sonic Sonic Sad AM cartoon and um, the comic books, and none of those characters, for the most part, come over to the new comics or the video games because Sega of Japan just wanted to have everything in control of Sonic. Um, like, there's a holy kitten of race and lore. Um, there's even, like, a Mr. Um, a Dr. Fate a kitten. He's evil, though. But like, Of course he's But, like, they have... <laughs> they have all sorts of cool stuff um, that just won't come over because of Sega Japan. Anyway, um, anything else you've been up to, Arnold? Uh, I did watch, uh, cause you watch you watch the the Sega special. I watched the uh, the Horizon Forbidden West gameplay demo, 
this week it it looks uh looks all right. <laughs> they got some like Assassin's Creed parkour going, which I'm like. That was the most okay. lukewarm response. <laughs> and look, look, man! I thought it'd be and look. No, I, I'm I, laughing. I, that kind of looks. It upset you that to that degree enough that you have a lukewarm response to a game series you like. I do. I do enjoy uh, the first game. It just I haven't seen. So like, there's more under. There's like a whole like underwater part, which is which is cool. There's no like real underwater exploration. So it's like going to add that. That seems pretty cool. I'm kind of excited for that. But like, I from what I've seen so far, the combat seems kind of the same. Um, the melee seemed better because in the original game. Melee, honestly, is a side thought. <laughs> are you really about to go smack your spear on something? Or are you going to use your overpowered bow? You know? I thought that makes more game sense. was about using the bow. Uh, it, it is, but like, there's like some melee combat you can do. But, you know, like I said, you can do. One day you don't I'm have to. be able to buy that game. I'm going to play that game. Um, but, um, yeah. But, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, um, like, I mean, but everyone's saying it looks pretty. Sure, it looks good. Well, I'm everything not, you know, kinda... looks pretty nowadays. It's hard to have something look ugly when it comes to games. Um, the big difference is like there's more. There's people now. Mm. There's not just more robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like actual people you can fight now. Because I think there's like maybe two people you aside from the flashbacks when like Aloy is growing up. That doesn't count. Um, that you interact with during like main game play. Mm. That that's about it. Uh, I do want to say I like how the, the Raptor robots were designed because they have like feathery bits. They're not actual feathers because you know it's a whole right ass robot. But there's like parts that come out that obviously look like feathers. Mm-hmm. But also, who the fuck designed these Raptors? Because their mouths are chainsaws. Who designed that? Who thought that was okay? Yeah. Who in the lore said I want these Raptors to have chainsaw teeth? <laughs> They just thought that was a fun concept. That's all that was. Can't get sharks with freaking lasers on their heads. Yes, that's exactly what that reference is connected to. <laughs> yes. If you don't get that reference, you're probably young. Go look it up. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. Um I guess the only cool thing I guess I can say more is there's more like city cities you explore, I guess. Obviously, they're being taken over by nature, but like before in the original game, there's not many human structures. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in this game, there seem you seem to like go through a whole ass city that's been taken over by nature. So oh. that's it. That's that's uh, that. The gameplay looks alright. Okay. Okay. Um. Then let's go to Dustin. What did you finish? Okay. So I have been playing a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> of Legends of Runeterra um, ah. because I was in a really card gaming mood for some reason and decided since I didn't want to give Blizzard any money that I would instead play the... Or, well, I wouldn't even have given the money anyway if I was playing it. Just real talk, I wouldn't have bought anything. Uh, but I didn't want to reinstall Battle.net and play a Blizzard game, so I said I would give the League the League card game The other dirty company. <laughs> the other dirty company. <laughs> Um, How was yeah. it? Because I tried playing that game series. It, I I fuck. I can't play it, dude. Um, I like it, but I like card games sometimes like that. Um, mm-hmm. What 
found is it's got some weird stuff with the the systems and uh, like unlocking cards and things like that. Um, it's not as predatory as I expected it to be. I expect it to be like, oh, here's some cards. Don't you want some more cards? Why don't you buy some booster packs? Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I was expecting. That is not what I actually got though. There are some decks for sale. Um, a lot of their money that their their way of making money because you can play it for free seems to be on encouraging you to buy currency to craft with because you can basically craft cards you want um, by collecting resources to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, some of the champions play very. Um, like if I was going to make a card game with that champion, I would. That's how I would make them play. It's like very intuitive in terms of like the character's lore from League. It reflects um, it, a lot of their gameplay from the game into the cards. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for example, Zed makes a shadow mm-hmm. that's like another Zed that disappears at the end of the turn, but it lets you like hit people twice or um, what have you, right? Katarina Stuff like that. Can hop back to her daggers in mm-hmm. the deck. Garen, um Kieran survives the combat. He regenerates at the end of the turn. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fun for the most part. Um, I think my favorite deck so far was an Azir deck, but I'm still trying people out. Um, Azir is exactly... Those of y'all that have played League know Azir is all about summoning his little sand soldiers, and that's what he does in the card game, is he makes sand soldiers, and they disappear at the end of the turn, but it lets you hit things a lot. Yeah. Lazy bastard. I, <laughs> yes. I play- What's hilarious is he is, because actually you don't even have to put him... A lot of champions have to be put um, into play, like you have to move them from like the bench into like attack, where they're mm-hmm. at risk, for them to, to fire off their like special ability, like Elise has to do that. Um... Uh, Several other champions have to do that. Azir doesn't. As long as any of his allies attacks, he gets Saint Soldiers. So, damn, that sounds kind of strong, actually. <laughs> it yes. is pretty strong. It works best if you build a deck. Like with most card games, it works best if you build a deck around it, where you're putting other things into play over time, so that instead of getting one Saint Soldier, he gets like four. You know. So I played a good bit of it as well. Um, I played it back when it was released. I got the beta, and then I was um, I was invited to the beta i mean and then i also played a little bit after it came out it is a lot like hearthstone in many ways it is um, like hearthstone. It, that's not an indictment of it i like hearthstone a lot in my personal opinion it's the quote-unquote better of the card games but i can understand oh, yeah like, I, I played that game too it was pretty good like i can understand why people may want to give like their time to write a little bit more but um out of like as far as like competitiveness and playing with people hearthstone is a little bit better that mm-hmm. being said um legends of runeterra is a fun card game it has that feel of you playing little characters the only issue i think i really truly have with it is outside of me getting bored with card games faster than other people um is the the very magic the gathering gimmicky nature to it where you yes, can there have are some uh, very gimmicky decks. Yes, where you can have this deck that just always wins and there's no counterplay to this deck or something like that where um to me kind of can suck suck out the fun a little bit. That being mm-hmm. said, it is fun enough. It is definitely not a bad card game at all. Um and I can see why people are into it. If anything, just to play a card game with your like 
league champions? Yeah, like r- real talk. I um, have been also enjoying. I'm not very familiar with WoW. Uh, I know it's got like a rich lore that a lot of people like. Um, I like the league champions quite a bit, and I like the league lore when they actually use it and don't just like it's not just there. <laughs> I will say quite this. a bit, and so for me that that was part of the appeal is that I like the league characters a lot, and so I was like, oh, I know these characters. I don't really know. I this will guy say this me. in defense of WoW, its lore is way better than leagues. Like, it does have. Much I mean, lore. I mean, astronomically so. Like it's not got even, yeah, it's I got really. League is like, how do I put it? League is like a decently written comic book kind of lore. It it has really Mm -hmm. fun characters and stuff like that. World of Warcraft's lore is like, just near Tolkien levels of like, just. Yeah, it's got lots of like multi layered stuff. It's got like, I honestly think I would probably like better to like read something of WoW's, like one of their books or something. Yeah. Because I don't like. The MMO gameplay after a while, like it's okay. I, I the d- only reason I don't play WoW is because I played okay. A lot of my WoW experiences was through a friend of mine, and he was one of those kind of like get gooder, I suffer, so you should two types. And we <laughs> played on the server he played on, and he played on a PvP server. So there was one. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's real fun when I'm just trying to do a quest and some rogue just snipes me because they're like level 80 and I'm like level 20 and they just do it. So, like, that's the only reason I ever stopped playing World of Warcraft. Um, I, of course, got into the game really late, but before that, I knew all the lore and I knew all the characters and I read all the stuff and looked at all the documentaries and holy shit, World of Warcraft. Whew. Riot just doesn't even care about writing their stories for some reason. They really don't. Oh. They like, like to come up with like a cool thing and then be like, "Hey guys, we made a cool thing." Yeah, and they're like, "What are you What are you gonna do with the thing, Riot?" And they're like, "They're like nothing." Know. Like, we made a cool thing. We'll see what happens with the Netflix special that they're going. Yeah, do. I'm curious. So yes. I'm very excited for that. But outside of that. Yeah, hands down. Whew, fucking wild blows at the water. But I am glad you're enjoying Legends of Terror. That is a good game, though. Man, that's a pretty darn good game. Well, cool. Um, otherwise, um, I've been reading a book a little bit. I need to read some more of it. I haven't read it in a day or two. Uh, I've been reading some old school um, fantasy literature. I've been reading The Once and Future King by um, T.H. White. Let me look up the name again. Make sure I get the name correctly. Okay. Uh, yes, T.H. White. Um, based on the 1485 book Lamord Darthor by Sir Thomas Mallory. It's also the inspiration for The Sword and the Stone. If you ever watched Sword and Stone, the Disney movie, um, mm. it's based it's it's based on um, loosely based on Once a Future King. Um, it's very different than what I expected because it was written in like 58, and I expected it to be very like highfalutin so to speak that it would take itself like super seriously and super somberly um it's got some weird humor and things like that like um i say loosely but part of sword in the stone is very accurate to that book like merlin is very quirky um he lives backwards in time supposedly and so he has stuff that's like out of place in his little wizard um hut like Encyclopedia Britannica and like firearms and things that haven't been invented yet because he <laughs> lives backwards in time. Um, 
Oh, jeez, uh, I got this amazing sword. He's like, oh, yeah, have you seen the shotgun? What's that? <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't know about that yet. Don't worry about it. But um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's very it's very uh, it's got some some weird little quirky humor to it. Um, but it's been enjoyable so far. Um, I will uh, tell you some more about it as I read some more about it. But. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that. Um, but cool. I will get into all that I've been up to. I have been watching a lot. I actually haven't played any video games um, in the past week outside of league and that's just muscle memory um i plan on playing some today but i have been watching a lot of shows and i'm going to go in the the order of quality we're going to end with the good stuff so everyone knows and now your trigger warning is about to come up let's start off with invincible Oh no! This is a com- this is a comical trigger warning, <laughs> like um, for everyone to know. This is so much so for people who get triggered because they tie their identity to a teenage drama fest, which is invincible. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen it. I don't care for it. So I have watched painstakingly. And I I do, I know I exaggerate on this podcast, everyone. What I do mean painstakingly watched two and a half episodes. I was going to give it till three to actually judge it. I truly was. And I was going to give it till six after talking with my brother's friends about it. And I could not get past the third episode. Good things. Let's start. Let's start off with good stuff. Let's start off with good stuff. The voice actors are all high quality. That's good. And they have hired some of the best voice actors I like and enjoy and some of the best actors I enjoy. J.K. Simmons, um, Stephen Yoon. Um, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Um, and Gray from the, um, the voice actress who does Azula and um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Great voice actors. Great voice actors. They even have, for those of you who look at Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like I do, the actor who does Pimento is in it, and he's a hilarious guy. Great voices. Two, the characters are horrible. Oh, yeah, just so everyone knows, that's it. That's all the good stuff of the show, by the way. Um, the characters are all horrible people to the degree that my fiance was watching it and once looked up and was like, who wrote this? Why did they get paid to do it? And I didn't. And then <laughs> also, she said, no woman in this show is believable as a woman. Like a woman would not behave in this way, which I agree with. It is, it is so bad. It's, it feels like toxic masculinity distilled into a cartoon. Um, and I was getting actually angry while watching it. I don't get angry while watching a cartoon. Like, I'll overly hype myself and complain and everything like that. But this was so bad that there was nothing that kept me wanting to go in. And I know there's a part that everyone's memeing about where Omni-Man's like, think main character whose name I forgot. Um, I have so many memes <laughs> like, for that shit. And, 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 and everyone, and here's what I think this means. 
I think a lot of people who think really big about this show just don't read. And that sounds no. really insulting. Damn, that's a, that's a call out, James. Who you it's not a call out, that? though. Because think about it this way, Arnold. If you fake Arnold, think. Think, Arnold, think. Because if you look at it, if you uh, really, I'm dying over here. If you really look at it, and I and I say this because um, one of my brother's friends who read the comic before he looked at it, he's not a big fan of it. I think he knew it was coming out, and he decided to read the comic before going in, which some people tend to do. Um, he has he knows me at least enough to know some of the things I'll critique, and he was like, right. he was like, I don't think you'll enjoy it. For the, for the plot twist, because if you're not invested in the characters, it doesn't matter. And I was like, that is probably really good advice. Because yeah. a plot twist means nothing to me if I don't care about it. Like, you could have the biggest plot twist on Earth. But if you don't care about these characters, it really doesn't matter. You know, Um and the concept of the show is poorly done, in my opinion. It's poorly done. Um, it's definitely screams of that mid two thousands um, dude bro deconstruction of superheroes crap that was a big thing. Um, like Watchmen. Like Watch. Well, Watchmen wasn't early two thousands, and Watchmen actually, Watchmen. It's good for what it is because Watchmen is about a bunch of broken people. That's true. While Invincible is about a bunch of asshole people. <laughs> um, and there's a difference between that. Don't get me wrong. I do like Watchmen, but over the over time, as I've gotten older, that shit also gets played out. I am kind of sick of the Here's the complexity of this hero. We have that. It's not hard to see. Spider-Man's life is miserable. <laughs> like <laughs> it's horrible. He doesn't go around punching old ladies. There's not a there's not a bucket of blood around him every couple of scenes. He doesn't he hasn't seen someone's head get ripped off every couple of chapters. But his life is still hard. It's still relatable. The X-Men have to deal with racism. You know, like there are things in your generic superhero comic books that do it well. There are great, really dark things that aren't generic superhero comics that do things well. It's when people pair it together where it gets over the top. And things like the fact that the main character's last name is Grayson, and he also reminds me a lot of like Robin in Spider-Man, um, where I start getting issues with the, the show overall. Um, now, as a comic book, I have heard that it's a bit better than the show. Um, a bit better. Um, it's yeah, still I hope so. It doesn't scream, I must read it, but it does sound like something that would offend me less. But there's an entire hmm. scene. Or, no, I take that back. There's not an entire scene. It happens every other episode. Omni-Man... I'm. This isn't a spoiler because it happens. Omni-Man murders people. Like, you saw that coming. Like, he's a Superman character of the series. He murders people. There is a scene in the very first episode where he just slaughters their Justice League. Just murders them. There's a part where he shoves his hand through the head of a woman. Just does it. 
she's she doesn't fight at all. She's a normal human being. Um, she has powers, but it's like you know she has to take something to get them. And he kills her. Now, I'm assuming because in all these stupid shows, his murder is somehow his his murdering of these people is somehow quote unquote justified. There's a reason. The gratuitous violence in it is too much for... It's not too much. It just seems pointless. And this is coming from me. I watch anime. I play Devil May Cry. <laughs> if I'm looking at this and going, why did I have to see this scene? You've done something to wrong to me. And the only people who have told me to watch this show are, are that say this show is good are people who don't actively read a lot of books and think really hard about different concepts in their media. This is, of course, again, not a big judgment call on these people, but it is something that I take note of because everyone told me it's going to be mm-hmm. good. And so I'm looking at this. And I'm like, is it the violence? Because if you strip the violence out the show, there's nothing there for me. There's nothing. The relationships seem fake and borderline stupid. The animation, the animation looks like it came out of Reboot. For those of you who don't know what Reboot is, again, another old reference. Look it up. Um, it looks garbage. It's designed. Not the, clarifying, not the new. Apparently there's a new Reboot, but not that one. Yeah, not that one. Old Reboot. Um, and made, on, made on Windows 98. And I will, st- I will still <laughs> look at old reboot before i ever look at this show there's nothing of quality to this show outside the voice actors they put a lot of money into voice acting in the the soundtrack every song is a licensed song and it doesn't fit the they play pop music or hip-hop music during every other scene and it takes me out it's like i'm looking at kick-ass again um and so I get actually, and people who know me well enough, you can tell I'm angry about this show. It is an insulting show, at least to me. And people who take enjoyment out of it, whatever helps you, friend, if you enjoy this show, okay. Just don't come and tell me this show is deeper than what it is. It's not. It is a violent fest that makes the boys look sophisticated on different levels. And... Yeah. And the boys is very violent. And I don't even mean that to insult the boys. The boys actually has things to, to say. Invincible yeah. does not. It has nothing of value at all to me as a human being. Both I one, I should never read or watch this when I was younger. And now that I'm older, I don't need this garbage. Um there's more to there's more commentary in kick ass. Um hell, there's more commentary in wanted the comic book. Um, and there, that yeah, it's not, of, not the movie, not the movie, yeah, but like it is, it's bad. Um, and just to give you guys an example of what I mean, there's a scene where the Flash character gets his head smashed in by Omni Man. Omni Man is the Superman character of the series. You would think he would just, you know, squish his head, be done. Sure, it's gratuitous, but it happened. No, they slowly show his head getting crushed. Like, like Omni-Man has the ability to lift up 
a, a building's worth of concrete above his head. But it takes him way too long to crush a man's skull. You know, they, they slow it down. They slow it down. They show his eyes bulge out and then pop before his head is smashed in. They show the whole, like, if you were to slow down a person's head being crushed, they, they do that. So you could see the whole thing. Why would you do that? And apparently in the comic book, that is not shown. That whole yeah, it murder, just, it just happened. What I understand, it's just like, oh, we need you to know that he killed them. And yes. so he, I'll scream he killed them. Yes. And apparently before he does it, you get a whole concept of him trying to live his life. You know, to get me to empathize with the character so that I can relate. And and so you can be like, why did he do that? What's going on? Yeah. Yes, it is. Instead of being like, why did they show me that? It, I didn't need to see that. It is so poorly done. And, and here's, I'll give this one defense before I move on. Maybe it has the COVID problem where people are making stuff during COVID and they rush it out. And that's what the show feels like. It feels like it was made during COVID. Um, and I think a lot of the bad production values that I'm seeing isn't due to the the lack of ability of the artists or the creators, but with the the need to expedite the finished product. And that's that's, that's what it feels like. And it's really it also is an Amazon production, so maybe they're like Yes. Get that out right now. It is it's so disappointing because I went into this show blind. I was, well, I went into a blind after everyone hyped it up for me. Um, which is the worst thing you can probably do for me. Um, again, we, we remember podcast. sabotage James's expectations. Right? Don't you might like it? I don't know. Right? Just be like, hey, try it, friend. I'll try it. Almost guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. I'll try it. Nine times out of ten, I'll enjoy it. If you don't give me anything, when you tell me it's great, or when you send me. Omni-Man murdering people as a way to get me into a show? Guess what you're telling me? You're saying, hey, James, I just think you want to watch some violence. Don't you like violence? And I'll be like, sure. If there's something to it, or at least if the violence is so stupid, it's just like, I can't argue with the results. This was not that. Um, But yeah, that is the worst thing I've seen this week. Um, the second worst thing was Ruby season eight. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but yeah. I've been watching a good man. Now hear me out. Ruby season eight, 10 times better than invincible. Um, that's not saying much, but, um, yeah, I was gonna say, is that like a high bar? Zero is still zero. I mean, exactly. what? <laughs> now I will say this about Ruby season eight. It's consistently as bad as season seven. Um, <laughs> It is, it's bland. That's in some ways worse than Invincible's rage inducingness. At least I want to watch it to feel hate. But like when I, when I watch Ruby, I feel nothing but confusion now. I'm like, who's directing the ship? Cause it's crashing real fast. Um, everything about the show has become subdued and uninteresting. Um, Characters are now just evil to be evil. Characters are popping up just to pop up. Character model designs, like their outfit designs and stuff, feel uninspired. The The dialogue seems recycled. Um, action sequences are boring, which is bad for Ruby. 
Um, what were you going to say, Dustin? Sorry. Think, I was going to say, do you think maybe what's going on is they're in that problem um, that uh, that they've got, like, they don't want to rush things because they know if they rush things, uh, their, their cash cow will be, you know, milked out. Like... And so they're just like... How do we stretch the big stuff? Uh, we're not ready for it yet. Uh, this guy will be a villain now. Um, maybe they'll just piddle around and not do anything. You know it what I mean? Could, that makes yeah, no, I know what you mean. You want to like push it out. I, I don't know anymore. Like That's the worst part. I am very decent at predicting where things are going to ebb and flow for a show. I'm very good at that. I don't know if it's a gift or what. But I'm good. Or a curse. Or a curse, right. It's, it, I honestly think it's a curse. Because most people, when I talk to them about stuff like this, they go, eh, I don't really think about it. I just watch it until it's over. And I'm like, holy shit, can I have your life? Like, <laughs> you know, just to stare blankly into a screen and have nothing. Just You just just sit there and little drool dribbles out your mouth. Just kidding. Um, but, like, you know, like, it is, I don't know where it's going. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what they want to do with their characters. But whatever they're doing, it's failing. Um, Ruby is sanctimonious, even more so in this one. But if you continued it onward and you did enjoy it, about season five is where you start seeing some indications of crap coming out. Okay. Um, And season eight is like, Weiss is just there. Um, Blake, oh, the voice actors don't even sound like they care anymore. They just sound like they're there for the paycheck and they're going to leave. Um, it's, Damn, that's crazy. It's Especially just, since they work for Rooster Teeth, right? It feels like, so that's Ruby season eight. I need to continue more so into it. Um, but now the bad shit's out the way. I can talk about good things I've watched. Um, recently, um, Dustin gifted me one of my favorite anime of all time on Blu-ray, Moribito. It is about a spear woman, and she will fucking kick your ass. Um, it is like a mixture of um, Avatar and Miyazaki films, which, by the way, Moribito is originally a children's book. So I actually wonder how much inspiration um, uh, Miyazaki films and um, Avatar took from it because the book was written in the early 90s. So um, there's a lot of room for them to have read this book and take a lot of inspiration in. Because as I'm watching the anime for the umpteenth time um, on gorgeous Blu-ray, you can just see the influences that they may have taken from this story structure. Um, Moribito is great. It's a a story about uh, uh, she's a Yojimbo. She's basically, let's say, paid guard who um, helps a kid kind of basically just live. And... She has to guard him against some um, pursuers. But the pursuers, here's the great thing about it, is that it's so real-world complexity. No one's really freaking evil in it. They have their own belief and religion and reason for why they're hunting the boy down. And the hunters don't want to do it out of a thing because they enjoy it. It is because they truly believe what they're doing is right. This doesn't necessarily give the okay to do a witch hunt but you know like it is definitely a good way to look at the perspectives of it 
Um, and her character is just really well done. She's just a really, really good character who is a badass. And the action scenes, there's only been in the episodes I've seen so far, I think like 13 episodes. Um, there's only been like two fight scenes. Meaning hmm. this story can tell you a good story without someone getting killed every time. I don't even think someone dies. Yeah, actually, oh. wow. In there, in every fight has meaning and artistry done into it. It's so good. Moribito is great. Highly recommend a lot of people, if you can, um, get behind it. It is done by Sentai as well. That's why I was going to mention that. Um, and I, I just love it. I love it. Um, can't say much more about that. Last two things. I have finished Castlevania. Mm, nice. Castlevania is now this is where the quality gets kind of equaled out the last thing i talk about won't be better or worse than castlevania castlevania is good you must watch it it's so good um it is easily one of my favorite animations done in the last decade um even though you know the story of castlevania they do it in a nice way for those of you who are diehard fans, yes, there's some things that are really weird, like Carmilla being there so early on, um, Isaac being a black bald guy, um, <laughs> um, Hector falling in love with the vampire. I'm spoiling some things there, but I know, right? Right, damn. Well, then watch it anyway. It's good. It is. It is hands down the best like adult violent animation you'll probably see this year um there are it's just, there's just fun things like trevor is kind of a nerd for his own like family because they they basically use trevor whenever he gets a new weapon that's from the video game it's kind of like to 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 be a a surrogate for the the the, the fan watching it because he gets no. real into it he's like holy shit this weapon is like, you know, he'll start flipping the weapon around and doing all sorts of stuff with the weapon. Um, and it's really good. And they don't integrate a new weapon every single time. Sometimes he just uses the weapons he has in a really good way. Um, if you know anything about Castlevania games, there's going to be a big reveal um, near the end of it. That's all Castlevania games. There's always a, it was me um you know it's like it's like the theme of castlevania games um the vampires are well written you actually empathize with most of the vampires um and not it's you you will it's very well it's very well done um the villains are villainous they are not great people but in their own way they're doing what they think is best um cypher is great the way she uses her um her magic looks like she has demon horns and i think like the the rock demon horns and i think someone who writes for it realized that because at the end there's a fight scene where her and alucard and um trevor are all together and she has her hands behind their backs and it looks like she's giving devil horns and they like pause it for a second <laughs> it's great um Cypher's a badass um she does stuff where you're like, why didn't they do this in Avatar? Um, it's great. It's it's so good. Like I can't, I don't want to spoil anything. But the voice I do actor, have a question. Yeah, is there any wall chicken? 
Okay, so there's no wall chicken, but there God are. There's okay, so there's a segment where Trevor finds the Morningstar whip, and it's in a wall, and mm-hmm. I believe that's a reference um, to the wall chicken. Um, there's a roast. Yes, there's also a. Um, they smack a, any candles. Yes, actually, there's a few candles in the in the um, the story that are like directly shown. There's also a scene where um, um, you see a portrait of a cat on the wall, like a like a house cat. Is it's and it's in Dracula's castle, like a big old picture of just a normal house cat. For those of you who play the Castlevania games and other things like that, there's always a cat or a house cat like thing in them. Sometimes they're villains, sometimes they're portraits, sometimes they're just there. But that is a very Castlevania thing to do. Um, watch it. It's good. It's good. It's good. Anyway, moving on. Um, last thing I looked at was um, I looked at DuckTales. Um, the Ooh. the new one on Disney Plus and other Disney things. I need to watch the new season. So I had not finished the first season. I watched the first first nine episodes, first nine or ten episodes a while ago. I just watched them all in succession one day. And then I just never got back around to it. Not that I hated it or anything like that. I just never got around to it. And it is good. If you like DuckTales, you'll love this. And if you watched a lot of Disney shows back in the day, you old people out there like me, there's so many references. There's yeah, so many I references. Saw, uh, I saw one random episode one time when I was... Um, this was a while back, and I think I was at a hotel or something. And I watched the random episode with the dude. I think it's the episode that introduced the dude who's basically like a parody of Steve Jobs. Oh my mm. god! Oh yeah, that. So he's like Steve Jobs mixed with Mark Zuckerberg, um, because he's such a dick. He's so horrible. He's so horrible. I hate him. Like out of all the villains, I hate him the most. Um, and yeah, it is. It is. It so- seems really like it seems like it has that old school. Yes. charm of series of that time where you've got the stuff that kids would be like oh that's funny but it's also got the stuff that like the adults would go like oh that's a reference to this guy dude there's a scene where there's an episode where they make a gummy bear juice like wow like wow yes exactly that deep of a cut that's a, a not, deep cut not a not very well known disney cartoon about the formula for gummy bear juice and they even start like making reference to it while like talking they're like <laughs> they're like yeah they'll be bouncing here and there and everywhere and they're like what <laughs> and i was like wow, oh my goodness it's it's a well-written show and what i like the most is the characterization they give all the different characters so louie dewey and huey or huey dewey and louie depending on how you like to say it um are, I was about to say, I like it better the way you said it the second time. Yeah, the Huey, no, Dewey, and Louie. I know. I was like, some people yeah. are like, oh, you said it the wrong way. So um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie um, are, of course, the triplets and technically the main characters of the show. Um, and if you watch the original one, they are only really separated based off of like their colors. But in this show, they're well-rounded individuals that are just like... 
they have their own personalities behind just the coloration. So like Huey is the like really smart one. He's the big tech guy and he's like part of the scouts and he's all about um, upholding that. And he loves being a triplet and everything like that. Um, Dewey is like the more eccentric one, which is saying something out of those three, but he he's the more eccentric one that likes to kind of do his own thing. He likes to adventure. He's really good at like golf. He um he's into theater and doing his own jokes and sitcoms and stuff. He's the weirdo kind of one out of the brothers. Um mm-hmm. he, he also does a lot of like side quests with um Webby Gale. And then there's Louie, who, okay, Louie's hilarious. Louie's the one in the green. He has the hoodie. Mm-hmm. Louie's all about inheriting the fortune. He just, <laughs> wants, he just wants money, and he's so lazy. He doesn't want to do any work. Like, there's a scene where the boys are, like, holding up a big crate, and you see Louie, and he has, like, two fingers on the back, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm counterbalancing. I'm helping out with everything. And there's a whole scene where he helps out the villain of the episode, but the villain has to pay him every single time to do it. Um, it's just, he's all about the cash and it's really good. And he's also like a really good, um, con artist. That's his big thing. But he's also out of all three boys, he's the most emotional one too. He just doesn't show it until something happens. Like I've noticed that when something really serious happens, he's the quickest one to like start to cry, um, about something. Um, Webby I Gale guess is, we're doomed. We're all gonna die. Well, no, even there's oh my god, there's serious shit that happens in the story, like actually heavy topics. So yeah, yeah, I I I've seen it. I've seen okay, the first yeah, season. yeah, yeah. And um, there's Webigale. Webigale is great. She's basically your archetypical like little girl that knows everything. Her mom is essentially a secret agent. Oh, well, not her mom. Her grandma is essentially a, an ex secret agent. Um, that worked with Scrooge. And, um, like, one second, guys. Sorry about this. I feel like we should have also said that uh, James is over here raising Pokemon is what it is. That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's over there with, uh, with Houndoom. Houndoom trying to get out of the, the kettle. That's what's going on for these little plays in this week's episode. Okay, sorry. Um... Don't we're starting it. false rumors about you as you uh, as you do stuff about. Oh, as I do stuff about. Fine, uh, but like so, yeah, like there's Webby Gale. She's your typical like you know um, like trained by an ex agent type girl character who is really mm-hmm. well done. I love Webby Gale. If everyone knows, Webby Gale is basically the cheerleader in the original one. Um, but yeah, she was- huh. Just kind of like the damsel in distress sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, she still has some agency, but not as much as in this one. Um, she's actually not only a capable like fighter and mystery hunter and everything like that, but she's the weirdo that kind of doesn't know how to interact with people because she was raised by a secret agent. So she's kind of learning oh. about family and working with people through the boys. Um, right. She's also obsessed with Scrooge, like obsessed with Scrooge to the degree that they have like creepy scenes with her um, and Scrooge. And she's like, Oh my God, I can learn everything about Scrooge now. Um, it's, it's really, 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 really well done with um, Webby Gale. Scrooge is a great character. He's kind of like this supposedly kind of retired adventurer. Him and Donald Duck are supposed to be like retired because something really tragic happened when they were adventuring. Mm-hmm. And so Donald doesn't want to, 
adventure anymore. Like, it's really, they do Donald really good. And it's really kind of creepy because, like, Donald, like, uh, barely talks. Um, Donald's like, he's trying to get, like, a blue collar job now. Yeah. Cause he's like, and he's, he's like, <laughs> and he's like, Uncle Scrooge, don't you get my kids into some random adventure? Yeah. He's like, get away from them with that. So it's really good there. Launchpad is Launchpad. He's, He's fun. Like he launchpad is always fun. It's a launchpad. Um, yeah. um, he is a little bit better in this rendition only because he's so stupid, but it's done so well. Um, Lena, I think, is a new character. If I'm correct, Lena is connected to. Um, and when you see this character, you can all guess that she's linked to Magica. Like, come on, um, Magica's great. Um, she's as hammy as she was in the original. For those of you who don't know, who Magica is she's the the witch lady. Um, Magica dispel. Yeah, yeah. Magica dispel. Um, it is it is a good series. I've been watching a lot of it. I'm going to be watching some after this. Um, I enjoy it a lot. It is a good, wholesome, fun cartoon that deals with some heavy stuff sometimes. Yes, Gizmo Duck is in it. Yes, Gizmo Duck is great. Arnold, did you know that Gizmo Duck apparently in the show is Latino? I didn't know this. I did not know that. He's he's Latino in the um, show. He is... I don't know. I get, like, Mexican vibes, but that's because... Uh, I think I'll have to listen to it again. Right. I, the only I don't... reason I say that is because of the novelas, and it could just be my bias of being around... No, is that, is that what his, his... The new thing of his... his uh... His mom, because I know she used to yes. always watch the uh, soap operas, and so now yes. it's, it's novellas. Yes, that's so amazing. His mom is all into novellas, and like it's really, really funny. She's really funny, and he's really well done. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoy it. It's I definitely recommend everyone watch that in Castlevania um, as much as possible. And I'm going to get another rumor about me because I need to go close the door because the dogs are doing stuff again. Well, we'll uh, we'll try to occupy some of the time there. I don't remember, uh, I, dude. In a while, I don't remember Gizmo Duck. I think I'll have to. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm gonna. Right. Re- I'm. I'll probably rewatch it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I watch it now. Um, because the- I like um, I like uh, the original quite a bit, and mm. I haven't had I hadn't sat down and watched it. Gizmo Duck is one of my favorites because you know he's was, he was mm. fun. I've I've actually never seen the original. I don't. I don't think I. I was, you know, conscience during yeah, that time. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was, it was on when I was really little, like really little, and I remember watching it more. I think when it was on reruns uh, through like the Disney afternoon and things like that. Yeah, see, I'm like, I'm looking actually at the wiki because I'm looking at the list of characters. Uh, it, the series came out in '87. Yeah, that, so I, that, I was not even born. That's ten years. That a- was after. actually the year I was born. Or before. So as I said, mm. I watched it in reruns primarily. Yeah, there's like a remaster of it, so that's probably what you see. You saw. What you guys talking about? We're talking about the history of Ducktales, and Arnold was saying <laughs> how he missed the original one because it was it came out in '87. And I said I think I and before I knew that I was saying I think I actually watched it in reruns, yes. and that would confirm that because it came out when I was like the year I was born. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came out in '87. We watched it. Me and Dustin definitely watched it in like syndication. Like we, um, oh, um. Darkwing Duck exists in the new universe too, which is great. Mm. Good because Darkwing Duck is also amazing. Yeah. If you want, uh, doesn't I think the first two episodes are actually on YouTube yeah. when the, the I show released. Think the first season is on YouTube. 
I saw like episode tw- like I wanted to look up whose voices were in like episode nine mm-hmm. or something. Right. And I looked it up and um they like they had like a YouTube one that went up to like episode twenty two. Um that was on like YouTube, like a ep- full episode. So that was interesting because mm-hmm. I've been watching it on Disney Plus. But um, oh, one last thing before we move on. There's a great episode with Kelpies in it. They are a purple and a pink Kelpie, and they are voiced by um. I know one is Tara Strong, and the other one is the voice of Fluttershy from My Little Pony. And it is a complete, oh. like, complete obvious rip. Like, like the the best part is is that okay, the voice that does. That does Fluttershy also does the voice for Pinky, if I'm correct. Right. But her voice is in the purple pony or the purple Kelpie, which is the same color pony as Twilight Sparkle, who is voiced by Tara Strong, while Tara Strong's voice is in the pink pony, which is supposed to be the color of Pinkie Pie. It's a very, like, you gotta be a super nerd of my little pony like me to get the, the joke of that they're swapped but it's great it's really funny because the whole episode if anyone knows the thing about kelpies is that they try to get people to get on their backs so they can drown them and so the horses are the kelpies for that matter keep trying to convince people to get on their backs to go die <laughs> Like the episode, they're like, "Oh boy, you're gonna get vaporized by that." Wouldn't you like to just get on our back and go for a swim? <laughs> and, and there's one part where like Webigail's like, "Wait, you're Kelpies," and she, they're like, "Oh yeah, you want to get on our back for a ride?" And she's like, "Wait, your manes are wet. Why are your manes wet?" And the Kelpies look at each other and they're like, "Oh, don't worry, we just got out the shower." <laughs> it's just so dumb. Um, let's close out and let's jump into our key item. Items is part of the podcast where we talk about the main point of the podcast. This actually may be somewhat faster than normal. Today's our Final Fantasy V episode. Yeah. Triple triple F, which will immediately get you thrown out of most schools. Um, but Endless. I'm not gonna say it. I was on with my tongue, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't think I've ever had more than one F. That's my mom. That never had enough. Um, well, I take that back. I've started a class of organic chemistry with an F. <laughs> I but you brought it up. <laughs> I finished the class without one. So, like, it's yeah, that's the same format. story. <laughs> um, so pre-cal had an F. Boy, I brought that up to like a, a seventy-nine. <laughs> but this F that we're talking about today is Final Fantasy V. The I think Dustin has the most experience with this one. Um, Probably. I actually, um, I um, give a little background on five. Five is a little bit different than some of the previous games. Um, In some ways, it is possibly the, a combination, I would say. If if you remember from our last episodes, if you listen to those, the first three games were very focused on, well, 
um, on customization. Well, Mechanics actually, one like gameplay. One and uh, one and three had a lot of um, classes, and you could make any character any class almost. Two moved away from that and did the set characters with set classes, and four did the same as two. Since we're back on an odd number, we're back to class swaps again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. I think it is, because if you think about it, um, until seven and eight, from then onward, it goes back and standardizes. But the first five are, the first six alternate between um, customizable classes and set characters. Mm, yeah, I had not ever thought about that, but you know anyway. What also, is I found that that was pretty funny. Is that they had two concept designs for the the gambler and ninja class, but they didn't do it for five. It actually went to six. So interesting. They had like some mechanics where like the ninja would have a dog, but they didn't mm-hmm. put that in five. It went to six. So I just thought that was interesting. There was already like she is that you? What? Kakashi, is that you? Oh, Kakashi. You know, actually, yeah. I think Kakashi is some big references to that character from Six. Which we'll I would not about. be surprised. Um, but a little more on Five. Five has got a lot of the classic Final Fantasy tropes that have been in many other games, in that there are crystals and the crystals are attached to elements, and that there people are trying to stop something bad from coming out because of the crystals. Um, this one is weird because. One thing I remember very clearly about Final Fantasy V is that X-Death, which is a very Final Fantasy name, the main villain of Final Fantasy V is a tree. And people are like, what? He's a guy in armor. He's not a tree. But no, he's in fact a tree. He is a tree that basically was brought to life by weird magic. <laughs> so he, But he was originally a tree. So what I'm hearing is... The majority of our deforestation and climate change issues is because <laughs> Final Fantasy V taught us to destroy trees. <laughs> Actually, I would argue that this may have been kind of like the tradition of like seven later. And um, yes, yeah, 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 where they send out a proxy, essentially. Yeah. 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 This is X. Um, You're talking about X Death, right? Yes, X Death, yeah, 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 yeah. who has the most fancy armor you will see on Final Fantasy character. Almost X Death has some X Death really has nice a, armor. He has some really like styling armor here. It looks like um, a mix of like Japanese and Indian and like um, typical Western knight armor all in one. I'm looking at a picture of him now. He looks fucking holy shit! <laughs> you walk around in that man. It is a big set of armor. He's also seven feet tall. Um, but anyway, um, so a little bit about seven, um, but not seven. I got on seven for a minute. Five. Uh, five has four, five party members, five party members. Mm-hmm. Um, very limited cast. Um, most of them are actually together for most of the game. Um, it's not at some of the other games, you know, it takes a while to get your party members and then develop slowly this is one where it's more like here they are and you get them pretty quickly um kind of infamous i guess for the fact that bart's was originally butts in japan um mm. which is a really terrible name for kid protagonist but anyway mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah um but yeah you've got five party members you've got bart's who's your generic like super generic um 
protagonist basically um, comes finds a meteor with alongside his chocobo Boko and meets the girl Lena, who is the second party member, and she's a princess as you as you do in Final Fantasies, looking for her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, they pick up a mysterious old man Galif, who is unconscious at the meteor crash site. You notice there's a theme on how everybody gets tied together here, right? Um, and they pick up a pirate later who um, named Ferris, who is originally um, you're originally led to believe is a dude, but Ferris is actually a woman. Um, yeah, so that's that's Final Fantasy. You trade out a party member later in the game, um, and that's it. The party is very small. Um, a lot of their variety comes in the fact that as every time you get to a major like story beat with one of the elemental crystals, you get a new set of classes connected to that crystal, and you can swap party members out and and level them in those classes. Um, you've got all the classic standards that we've talked about many times before in in the in the podcast. You've got like the knight and the the black mage and the white mage and the red mage and the blue mage, and you've got some oddballs. You got the summoner. You've got samurai, which throws money at people for some reason. Um, I think it was introduced in five. You so broke. Have... Let me give you some money. Yeah. Um, We've got some other oddball ones like the Oracle, I think, is one. Uh, the Mime, I think, was also introduced in 5, which lets you copy abilities from things. Isn't that what a Blue Mage kind of does? Um, that? It's it's weird. They work differently. Um, I think Blue Mage... I know Blue Mage is like you learn enemy skills. I think f- Mime is a little different in that you literally like copy straight from that fight. Ah, okay. Okay. So you can't like build them up. Like Mime has that advantage in that like you can just get stuff right away, but you can't but take you it can't with you. It, Blue yeah. Mage, like Oh, so left. it's kinda like my to like to bring in like a Pokemon reference. Mime is like Ditto, yes. but the Blue Mage yeah, is. Yeah, Mime like is Ditto, mm-hmm. Blue Mage is like Smeagol. Yes. That's actually a perfect <laughs> a perfect nerdy like yes. oh, wow. I love yes. this. Um I love that. And that I actually works if, perfectly. I wonder if they gave you that limit amount of characters so you can experiment with the classes. Mm. Um, I think so. I honestly think they capped it on a limited number of characters because you get so much variety in all the different class things you do. That makes sense. If you have too um, many too many like heroes, you probably get bored at one point. Probably. And I think it would be hard to keep track of them. Um they actually have basic stats, and so certain people work better in certain classes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I want my healer to be a be a mime? Yes. Um, some other odd classes. Uh, Mystic Knight, I think, was introduced in this game too, which is like a class that is sort of mixing melee and um, spellcasting. Mm. They're a little less. Um, they're a little less good at, at actually just like straight fighting than the melee classes, but they can cast spells on their swords. Are and they maybe, any better than raid mages? That's a good question. <laughs> red mages I don't know. Both white and black magic. Yeah, um, I think the big thing about Mystic Knight was the fact that they did like they got their own little set of skills that were like fire sword and like ice uh, sword and things okay. like that. Ah, uh, um, so they later on put on like Steiner and stuff. Yeah, the yeah. stuff Steiner is basically like a, a, a sort of a mystic knight. Although apparently in Japan it was like sorcerer, which is a cooler name. But anyway, 
Um, it will lead to some, a big confusion in the Western yes. world. <laughs> yes, because sorcerer is a very different class in D. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's um, that's that is actually really interesting that they kind of put that around there. But yeah, um, I think that is definitely one key thing that was really nice. And honestly, like when I think about Final Fantasy V and I compare it to other RPGs. Um, at least the one I'm playing right now. So I'm playing Tales of Zero. And in Tales of Zero, like, you definitely, you only have four members so far. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all you have throughout the whole game, which I kind of like. Don't get me wrong. When I played, um, um, Trails, I said Tales, Trails, um, Trails of Zero. But when I'm playing, like, Trails in the Sky, um, you had a bunch of characters and I loved every character, but sometimes I felt bad if I didn't have someone else in my party. But yeah, this way, I know. Yeah, go ahead. I know that feeling. Like I had that in several RPGs I played over the years where I'm like, well, I guess I really should use this character because I feel like they should, shouldn't just leave them on the bench the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Even though there were some characters that are just superior to the other character. Um, like I'll use an example. Um, there's a character named Agat. Or Agate mm -hmm. um, and Trails and Agata. I don't know why I pronounced it in that way. Um, Agata, who is like a really very, like, very strong character. Like, he's a tank character and does a crap ton of physical damage, but he can't do magic or dirt. And at certain points in the game, it's really helpful that everyone can do magic. Um, and you kind of go like, well, should I put you in my party? You can't really do magic. Or there's Tita, who is a great character, but like she does but all. Um, it, it it just depends. But yeah, I get what you mean. Like um, it is, it's a nice comforting way to help you centralize on something to have that narrow scope of characters. Um, and I also have, as we often do with these episodes, a little bit of odd trivia with this game. Um, Jen's already mentioned that they had more classes planned. Nomura, um, Tetsuya Nomura, who does so much, was actually first involved in um, five. So that was his first like big, mm -hmm. big Final Fantasy game. So yeah, I do good remember to know. that. Um, that was like his first um, big one. Tons of classes planned. Some of them they didn't actually use, like the gambler and the, the the dog for the ninja, which were like moved into six. They apparently started doing research with five that continued into six on balancing how much like image and sound was forced onto players because they felt like it was overwhelming at times and made people feel like they didn't have good control of the game. Wow. Um, which is an interesting thought into like interactivity and gameplay that I don't think had happened a whole lot yet at that point. Yeah. Um, um, another oddball thing about uh, odd trivia about Final Fantasy V is apparently I did not know this until I was doing some research for this episode. Um, Ted Woolsey, who was the um, a translator who worked for Square, apparently, he um, actually had the game almost like completely translated. Um, and explained in an interview in 1994 that they thought it was not accessible enough for players, that they thought it was too complicated with all the weird class changes and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that RPGs were fairly new as like a mainstream thing in video games at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't really taken off much yet. And so at least in like, I guess the PC market was always a thing, but you know, you had weird things in PC. But anyway, um, they talked about releasing it as Final Fantasy Extreme because of the complexity of the system compared to some of the previous titles. Um, but Square decided not to ship it because they didn't feel like it was ready for another flagship RPG after um, 4, which had been released as 2. Um, and they felt like they needed to like put out another game first to kind of get the market American market like more receptive and more ready for these types of games. Mm-hmm. And so that led to Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which was the only like oh, American wow. exclusive Final Fantasy, um, was because five they thought was too complicated, so they decided they make a they would make a different. So they made an action America. RPG for our small little brains. I get you. Yep, that, that's what they did. That is honestly that's- a lot of the reasons, people, for why you may not get certain Japanese games. They just yep. don't think Americans want them. That's yeah. just what it, it boils down to. So looking at Sega again, as we say. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Also looking. Oh, at- there is a game. There is a game series. A the American audience wanted wanted them to port over from Japan, but Japan, Sega Japan's like, eh, they probably won't like it. Let's not port it. Also looking at you, Mother Three. Um, yes. Mm, yeah. That's and true. honestly, and I'm not even a big fan of Mother Three, but like, like, yeah, but it's funny because. You can see what fans really want to put in the work, and they shouldn't have to. So don't take this as like, oh, you don't get it because you don't put in the work. Bootstraps. But um, like, fans put in so much time and effort to get Xenoblade pushed over to the States. Like, I mean, people wanted Xenoblade Chronicles so bad over in the States that they pushed so many different like forms of petitions and stuff to convince monolith um and nintendo to put a translated version of the game of um xenoblade chronicles over here and that's why you now have xenoblade chronicles as it is and it's a pretty fucking huge jrpg franchise to the degree where my copies of xenoblade chronicles 2 and xenoblade chronicles 2 um golden age of torna are soon to be rare Mm because and they're not even that old like and they're very big games like that and it's kind of like the same thing is that what dustin mentioned is like yeah they'll make games for us over here in place of that but i just wish companies if they have the money of course would just release their games everywhere Mm -hmm. it's like i'm pretty sure you guys know at this point the obsession that the western world has with japanese video games like yep it's true. So, come on. Lots of um, Final Fantasy V, also a little random trivia, is the first Final Fantasy game where the number of playable females exceeds the number of playable males. Um, which is kind of rare, actually, I think. Oh. So you're saying um, the number of females exceeded the number of playable males? Yes, oh, yes, yeah, because yeah. Galoof, because there's two guys, and when, um, spoilers, when Galoof gets replaced later, he gets replaced by his granddaughters. So ah. it's like three girls and one guy. So it's uh, Isekai. Yes, it's a, it's it's like friggin' like Tenchi Muyo over here. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so that's I think. Do y'all have much else you want to add about Final Fantasy V? You know, I gotta say this art style is not. It's so weird. It look. It seems off. So 
So the art the art style for the 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 mobile port they put in like new art for people and it looks kind of odd. Like, Hold on, it let looks me, really. I want to link y'all this weird. So Arno, are you looking at the concept art? Or are you looking at the sprite art? I'm not. I'm both. Look, if you look, um, both uh, Dustin's and if you see mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't like I don't like how that Chocobo looks like, man. It looks like a crow. They all look very pastel and toy-like. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like... It's kind of like one of those ads where, like, oh, here's, like, the Final Fantasy game, but it's kind of not... This, yeah. I really think, is just based off the limitations versus, like, the execution of the concept artist. Um, mm-hmm. Where they... Yeah. Like and I in later games I actually do fault the creators at that point, like the mobile stuff and everything. They had time to fix that. Mm-hmm. But like early mm-hmm. on, you will see a lot of Final Fantasy artwork that is like intensely intensely artistically drawn and really well designed. But then when you see their little sprites, you're like, What the fuck am I looking at? And it's usually just because yep. like they don't. They can't take what they put on that screen and make that look that good for an RPG. Um, I mean, yeah, I get, I get that. That's a sprite work, but like just this one in particular, right. it just looks off. Right, and I don't. I can't tell you exactly why they felt the name to the need to go with that. Um, later on, Final Fantasies, they kind of actually stop with the portrait stuff on the front, and they just mm-hmm. do the bare like, yeah. They for a long time would do the the really detailed like high fantasy uh, Amano art on the covers of everything, and they like, kind of scaled back a little bit. He still like, does it, but they like move it into concept art. Mm-hmm. Are they moving mm-hmm. into the actual model art? So Final Fantasy VII, you got Boxy Cloud on the front. In Final Fantasy VIII, you have um, Squall, Reno, and what's Sad Boy's name? Oh, um, it's got is it Irvine Ir- that's on that or Zell? No, no, Which one Zell, is it? Not neither one of them are on there. Um, it's his rival. Like Seifer, 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 yeah, Seifer, Seifer's on there. Um, in nine, you have basically the the four man crew of Zidane, VV, Steiner, and Garnet. Um, ten, you have Titus or Titus. I believe it's actually pronounced Titus, but I'm not going to say that. Um, and yeah, record saying that though, huh? Oh, as in, though. oh, as in, I'm not going to say it after I've said that part. Mm. Um, 12 has, um, I think it has some of the crew on there. I'm actually just going through all the box art now, and just like it, they definitely change up doing concept art instead. Um, so yeah, I don't have. Much more. Um, I actually said more than I thought I would when it came to five because I didn't care much for five. I'm not saying it's bad. I just didn't play it. Um, you will hear so much more from me in the next coming Final Fantasies. Like these are my wheelhouses. Um, six on up, really. Um, I played yeah. every single one except eleven out of mm-hmm. all those, and I played every single one of them multiple times for many areas um and when we get to nine i'm just going to dominate the whole conversation so um a few other last little notes here um the job system in this one did really any any final fantasy game that has a complex like job system 
probably drew at least some inspiration from five because five really i think refined the job system in a lot of ways from what it had been um because we got re we got ports of like three that made it tighter but they weren't as tight initially as like five was because even the one in the remake of three is like five based you know mm, what I mean? yeah 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 i know it's um uh, blue mage was introduced in this game so it's the first game with the blue mage um gilgamesh was introduced in this game he keeps showing up in a lot of other things interesting yeah because you know there's the character there's the character not 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 to be confused with the other gilgamesh right. um the one in final fantasy who shows up regularly and has like a lot of swords mm -hmm. um yeah that's that guy is first in five yeah. okay interesting um, one last weird piece of trivia, James. Do you remember seeing Final Fantasy: Legend of the Crystals, like that old like OVA anime that would show up on like VHS in places and sometimes on DVD? I did a lot of work into actually watching that back in the day. Um, so yes, so, fun trivia. That is actually set 200 years after Final Fantasy V in the same setting. I did not know that until today. What? Okay, real quick question about this: Square Enix. <laughs> Why do you have so many games link that take place centuries apart from each other? How can we appreciate this? Like, okay, <laughs> so you just said that. So that anime takes place like you said, two hundred. Descended from Bart's from five. So okay, so they're they're descended from Bart's from five. Okay, Final Fantasy Tactics, um, Vagrant Story, and Final Fantasy Twelve are all in the exact same universe. Mm -hmm. um, are, they're in the exact same continent, actually, but they each take place centuries apart, and one of them isn't even labeled a Final Fantasy game. So it's like, how how do you expect us to appreciate your world building or your lack thereof when it's like you? It's so far apart. Like, mm -hmm. and I love twelve. And I, I like tactics. I don't like the gameplay of tactics, but I like the story of tactics. And I want to play Vagrant Story, but it's so old in the gameplay, so wonky at this point. But, like, how... What if I wanted to learn all the rich connections? And it's not there. Come on, y'all! Oh, I'm also sorry. It's not the guy, it's the girl that's descended from Bart's. Okay. Okay, so one um, of the characters... Yeah. Okay. Also, random little note here is I'm looking at the cover art for the uh, the, the import of that um, of that 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 uh, OVA, mm -hmm. and this shows a different time and a different place. Uh, the dub version was 1995 on VHS, and the subtitled version was 29.95 on VHS. Milking those anime purists, you got to have their subs, I guess. They got to hear it. They don't want to hear someone go, oh, no. And like. Be like, fair. The dub would probably be so bad at that time. That's what I mean. Like someone gets, stabbed, <laughs> someone gets stabbed with a spear and their exact reaction is like, oh, no. And, and someone waits like 30 seconds and then they go, oh, David. <laughs> And, and, and the girl's everybody like, has names shit. that are very and generic. The, the girl's like, <laughs> and the girl's like, David, no. What were you saying? <laughs> it sounds exactly how it would go, dude. I've watched yes. a lot of bad dubs. <laughs> yeah, and they always have the generic names that have people have been given because they're going to think we're oh, we Americans will be confused by names like Yusuke or something. Yeah, Yusuke is probably going to be like Charlie. And, yeah. Um, Speaking of. 
thanks everyone for listening. We did an episode today. I hope you did enjoy it. Um, it went a bit longer, but we didn't do an episode last week. So there you go. You got quality for your buck. Been an enjoyable week of DuckTales. Um, gonna watch some more Duck. DuckTales is getting in the way of me playing my video game this weekend. That's, That's okay. DuckTales is good. It really, really. Wow, the theme song is friggin' stuck. In yeah, my man. Oh. Even the first episode is cat here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all good. Animation is great. I love the little designs. Everything's a little bit more blocky. Some people don't like that. I like it, though. It's done well. If you're complaining about this, this show is so good, I can't complain about it. So, okay. And thank you, everyone, for listening yet again to another episode of the Key Items podcast. And thank you all and a good day.